Hey everyone, and welcome to Living by the Law, the podcast discussing fictional worlds and how wondrous and ridiculous they are. My name is Matt, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jude and Guy. Living by the Law is not currently sponsored. If you wish to sponsor us, go to your collection of books and pick up the biggest and dustiest book and yell into page 294. We will hear you. We always do. Today we will be discussing the Second Age of Middle-earth from J.R.R. Tolkien's fictional universe. Bear in mind that given the complex nature of Tolkien's work and my co-host's lack of knowledge about any of it, there are a few simplifications of terms so as to not confuse them too much. Of course, this may contain spoilers for parts of Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, and The Silmarillion. Um, so, today we are discussing Middle-earth from Tolkien's world, um, specifically the Second Age. Oh. What, what about to, the first? Why not the first one? So, I, I did prepare this because I knew that was going to be your very first question. <laughs> what about the other one? You predicted. Uh, <laughs> I predicted We had this. to bring this okay. up, dude. So, um, the Third Age, I'll just quickly mention that part is the um, time when Lord of the Rings, Hobbit, all of that shit happens in the Third Age, okay? Ah, uh, yes, mm-hmm. the good shit. That, that quality um, stuff. Yeah, yeah the one that was uh, also, way, too, way too long in movies and way too long in books. That's your opinion. <laughs> anyway, shut up, you were meant to enjoy it. Um, <laughs> then the First Age is yonks before that. Mm-hmm. That is when... To put it very simply, because it, this is a very huge thing that could have like multiple episodes on it, the first age, it's mm-hmm. when the elves were the main dominant race and the gods basically, well, god figures. I'm gonna, there's a lot of simplification in this episode because mm-hmm. if I use the proper terminology, it would just kind of confuse you two a bit too much. Listen, I'll be um, honest, that's 99% <laughs> of the reason why I haven't gotten into these films is because I just cannot deal with the amount of umlauts and weird symbols and just kofurkmas. So, okay, so first age is when the gods were created. Sort of. There's... Okay. <laughs> okay. Not when the gods were created. Um, so before the first age, there's a whole bunch of other things which nice. is too complicated to get into with the zero right age. now. Mm-hmm. Zero um, age. Mm-hmm. Sort of. There's like the year of trees and all sorts of other stuff. Oh, I um, love that one. That's my And favorite. during this time is when the world itself is shaped, if you will. Um, uh-huh. Getting to that. <laughs> okay. So so okay. So that's first age. <laughs> But yeah. we should probably keep um, on the topic and go back to the second. Yes, yeah, right. It's all right. I'm just, I'm just. Let me, let me explain, boy. Sorry. sorry. Um, so, first age. Um, quick thing with that. That is when the elves are the main dominant race. Elves super OP. Men not so much. Men are just kind of there. Um, mm-hmm. They aren't mm-hmm. very important in the first age. They kind of just exist. They're never important. Um, are elves not always well, super OP? Yeah, they're always super OP. They. Yes, but in the second age you have, sorry, in the first age rather, you have elves who are literally walking up to gods and having like a massive duel with them. You've got elves who are like single-handedly taking on dragons, you know, shit like that. I (laughs) see. You know what, you know what, Whereas humans were always outclassed. I feel like humans get the bad rap, right? So they're like the normal default guys. And then everyone, there's not a single other people that's better, that's worse than the humans. It's always like elves got the better powers, dwarves are stronger... It's always a humans yeah, can fuck no, over. No, no, no. Yeah, that's the well, thing. Actually, humans can fuck more. Well, actually, 
issues you'll see soon, so as we get into the Second Age, the Second Age is actually when the humans are really, really powerful. Um, really, really fucking. Potentially more powerful than the elves, actually, which... Oh. Ooh. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into. Um, so, quick thing as well, just to make a bit more explanation. Mm-hmm. Um, the main god um, of the entire Tolkien universe is Eruvatar. What? Let's please say that again. <laughs> Pardon, one more time. <laughs> Eru Aluvita. Eru Aluvita. Is there going to be a yeah. test? Eru the Luva. No. Is there going to be a test at the end of this? Uh, Aren't Luvas those not. little, like, little fluffy little blinds? Eru Aluvita. Um, yep. Eru sounds the like Okay. It sounds like a Pokemon's so, name. Yeah, sure. Um, so he is the, oh, like, God, main notes. god. Um, okay, go. And then underneath him, you have these powerful spirits called the Aenor. Yep. Um... And the Aenor are sort of like godlike beings. Um, <laughs> no, too much click, got... too much click. Put it away. Don't take notes. Oh, shit. Is the clicking too loud? <laughs> yeah, it is really <laughs> loud. Yo, oh, my Jesus. Key- my keyboard is um, crazy. So that's, okay. Uh... Okay, so, so the Aenor. The, they're, they're like demigods. Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, this is one of the things that I like a lot and find interesting in Tolkien's world, because you know how normally in fantasy you've either got the one main god or a pantheon? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Tolkien's universe kind of has both because you've got okay. Eru, who's the main <laughs> one who created everything, and then yep. underneath him you have this entire pantheon of gods. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, in the Aenor, there's like thousands of these guys. There's lots and lots and lots of them. Like they're, um, but the thing with them, they aren't exactly all equal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, ah, okay. You've got fifteen of them, which are the most powerful of all the ma- um, of the most powerful of all the Aenor, mm-hmm. and they are called the Valar. Uh-huh. I've heard of those. Yeah. The Valar are the gods, pretty much. Okay. So uh, generally speak there's kinda of, okay, so there's there's this is one god who's the god of everything, and then there's mm-hmm. like God's gods. Then there's like gods under that. Yep. Okay, and so, so the Valar these like guys. The, okay, keep going, sorry. Yeah. These guys, the Valar, um, are the main ones who, after Eru kind of created the world, they are the ones that were sent into the world to shape it, to be a place where things can live and can just have life. Okay. So, um, so that's so why they, they're kind of the main pantheon of gods. They made shit. They, yeah. And they basically. interacted with the stuff that they made? Yep, heavily. Okay, excellent. Okay, so what, what about the other, the six of them, what about the other... What, Fifteen. Fifteen? The other fifteen? What do they do? Yeah. Oh, there's fifteen Valor. Yeah, fifteen Valor, and then the rest of the Aenor are referred to as Maya. The Maya, okay. Maya. Yep. Oh, that's like the Balrog. Nope, wrong. Yep. Yes. Nope, that is 100% hey. correct. And isn't, isn't Gandalf um, <laughs> one of them? Gandalf is another Maya, yes. And the Eagles. Like, one yep, Eagles, they are powerful Maya. Yo, um, we're, and we're hitting all the tips. I right looked at and the Wikipedia is... article for like two minutes before this. Was <laughs> so, I'll be honest. Um, and other, imp- other important thing as well, um, potentially the most famous and most important of all the Maya um, is, of course, Sauron. Okay. Ah, so Sauron. The most famous um, is kind of an interesting way to put it. So, yep. <laughs> so these guys are both good and bad then? Yep. So that all comes back to. Um, one of the Valar, who is called Morgoth. I've heard that. Isn't he, like, yeah. Satan? Kind of, yeah. He is, like, the fallen angel-style evil Valar. 
Oh, oh Valor. Um, and so like pretty Lu- much Lucifer. He fell from heaven. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Basically, it's very kind of the way you, especially like reading the Silmarillion chapters toward the start, which talk a lot about that. Um, mm-hmm. There's very, there's definitely some connection there. Um, Illusion. Other thing that's yes. <laughs> um, other fairly important thing to note as well. Um, he is one of the more powerful Valar as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, go figure. The fallen evil one's very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. then he's yeah, gotta the be. one. Yeah, of course. Um, he's the one that more or less creates all of the evil races in Middle Earth. Excellent. Mm. Are there? So, so wait, um, wait, wait. In in Middle Earth, are there defined mm-hmm. good and evil races where all are good or all are evil? That's what I was about to ask. Yeah. So is there is there a, there's um, a definitive being of good and evil? You can't. There's some this... shitty. There's some shitty humans. Yeah. Well, that is on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it is kind of one of the things in Lord of the Rings throughout the ages. It starts off very black and white in the first age. There is good and there is evil. Um, it okay. is very, very simple. Either you are elves or worshippers of the Valar, and you are good. Um, obviously, you get you, you do get some things that happen between the good beings, but even if they fight and maybe aren't always the best people, they are still good beings. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then you have evil which are followers and creations of morgoth okay okay so so like but, okay for example does but, like does an orc ever go i don't like this guy i'm gonna be a good guy no is there 14 good valor or are most of them just lazy and don't get involved yes there are 14 good valor. so they couldn't even okay. take down one guy that's yeah that's they like Vol- what the hell that's not Put, Come on! Put some effort the, in, my the, guy. There's one guy. There's one well, guy. Just, they, no, no, just, just, just get let him, me, get let him. me. That's <laughs> they, 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 one hundred percent do. Um, they get him. I'm getting to that. They get him. Yes, boys. They, we, oh, we they, did they it. very. We did it. Oh, they get him. They get we him. We did it. Um, we, we beat the first, second age. Ooh. Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, no. This is this is all first age stuff, which I'm just quickly oh, okay. wrapping up before we actually oh, start the second okay. age because it's just yeah. Fair Very enough. important. I'll try to wrap it up in just like a couple minutes because it's kind of important for the start of the second age. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll stop interrupting. Anyway, yeah, that's right. That's right. Just to quickly get through this, then you can bend <laughs> as much as you want in the second age because that's where. Oh god, I'm terrified already. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so first age, you've got Morgoth. He's starting his own like evil followers. Um, he creates Balrogs. He creates dragons. Everything like that is created Ooh, by Morgoth. Love, love dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, then he is slowly corrupting what is, so the area of land which is Mm Middle-earth at the moment, Um, and then there used to be a continent to the direct west of Mm Middle-earth, like an entire whole area of land, Mm -hmm. and that is where the elves mainly lived. Mm -hmm. Um, And then to the far, far west, there was another continent called the Undying Lands, which... Go figure is where the elves and the Valar mainly live these days, Question. and where the Valar have always lived. Yep. Sphere, or um, flat, flat Earth. That is flat that is sphere? interesting thing because at this point the world is flat. What did you just say? At this point, mm-hmm. at this point the world is flat. That's a kind of odd little point to make. Yep, you will see. So the world <laughs> is flat. You've got the what? very far west. You've got a continent um, which. Once again, just for the sake of simplification, I'm going to call the mm-hmm. Westlands. They are the Undying Lands. That's where mm-hmm. you've got sure. huge amounts of elves living there. Um, you've got all the Valar live there, etc. 
um, mm-hmm. and then you've also got loads of elves that live in the main continent area. So Middle Earth got elves, West Middle Earth got elves, West West Middle Earth got mm, East Evil Boys. No, am I off point? No, damn it. Um, Morgoth, <laughs> his area is kind of around where Middle Earth and the old Western continent, which right, what, right, which right. used to exist. Yeah. Um, so that's sure. the main reason for the most part. The Valar, while they could take on Morgoth, they choose not to because he's, as far as they're concerned, they aren't really bothered by him anymore because they have their lands, he has his lands. Sure, there's some elves that live there and are being attacked by Morgoth, but mm-hmm. as far as the Valar are concerned, those elves made the decision to live there. Mm-hmm. So, they're just, so it's kind they're of like... They're a, just a bit lazy. They're just not doing their jobs. They've kind of got their own shit to do back in Valor. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. back in sit, their sit own Valor lands. Sit around and enjoy life. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Morgoth doing his thing. Elves try to fight against Morgoth. Doesn't go particularly well for the elves. They end As up losing think. pretty much everything. Yeah, um, that's fair. And then there is what's called the War of Wrath, mm-hmm. which. Huge, huge, huge war. The Valar, so the other 14 gods basically get together, go, okay, we need to stop this dude, he's getting pretty bad now. Um, They go with basically the entire, like, array of all the good beings in the world. So, like, thousands of Maya, they've got, like, eagles with them, they've got loads of elves, they've got some men that chose to fight with them, um, and they all go to war against Morgoth. Wait, thousands of Maya? There's a lot of them. Yeah, there's, there's a lot there's a lot of them. Okay. Um anyway. And um they all go to war with um Morgoth, they defeat him, and then they banish him into the abyss, basically. <laughs> he's he's gone from the world. <laughs> Was so to there speak. a temptation there to continue into the full Elvish script or whatever the fuck it is? Maybe. Um <laughs> Just yeah. Um So can I ask a question? End of, yep. Yep, for sure. In this war, why didn't the big the big god, I forgot his name, Eru, mm-hmm. Eru, um, mm-hmm. why didn't he do anything about Morgoth? Um, is he good directly, or bad? He he does interfere with the world on three occasions. Oh Jesus! Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, um, he's pretty. What's the word? Hands off. Mm-hmm. Transcendent, like completely outside of the world, uh, like he's completely he's too detached good from it. it. He's too good, totally for it. too good um, for it. Kind of, in a he's he's pretty just detached from it, so he doesn't really he doesn't have a physical presence on the world, whereas the Valar do. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, but the three times that he does make an appearance, mm-hmm. um, which I'll mention now because. I don't know, I like the last one, it's kind of amusing. Um, <laughs> um, so the first time was during the Year of the Trees, when Eru created and awoke men. Mm-hmm. So he created men? Yep, he yeah. created men. That's and was one of the men. 14 of the Valor? Morgoth's doing all the work, and That's pretty special. Eru's, their fucking dad's doing their homework for them? Nice. Well, um, so yes, <laughs> Eru created, he created men and elves. Okay, right. Okay, so he put all his work into one and then was like, oh yeah, i got to make, make a Hey, second. but listen, listen, yeah. you've got to give yeah. it to those other 14 Valor. They did make Hobbits. <laughs> um, anyway, and then um, the other t- second time was during the Second Age at the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I will save that intervention for later because mm-hmm. it's you know a bit of a like one of the big climactic points of the second age. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third time is I suppose not necessarily official, but it was written by Tolkien in a letter, um, stating that Eru interve- um, intervened for a third time during the third age, mm-hmm. and it was him that caused Gollum to trip and fall into Mount Doom while he was holding the One Ring and destroyed it. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yep. Are you serious? What? Yep. He's like, he's like, nah, nah, screw this guy. I'm gonna make him trip over. The I'm, god I'm of all powerful gods god. came down to Just trip my boy into the volcano. That is such. How I can feel... you get rooted on harder than that? Like, like, like. I like how it's like, uh, Frodo failed. <laughs> didn't put, didn't cast him into the fire, and then oh, he's like, God, I have to do this myself. <laughs> and he comes in and exactly. he just makes him trip over. Now I'm imagining fucking Eru sitting back with like a bowl of popcorn, just enjoying <laughs> the entire series, just watching this whole thing and him just being like, like like a sports fan yelling at a TV screen to get his team to do better, <laughs> except he can actually put his finger into the screen and trip over one of the players directly into oh a fucking God. volcano. No, he's no, like, yeah, he's watching, right, the sto- he's watching from the storm, but he throws like a rock at the, at the teams while yep. playing, while watching... <laughs> <laughs> Sport. God, okay. I love talking. Yeah. Incredible, incredible. <laughs> Continue. So yeah, that, that that that's that's the three times he intervenes. We'll get Excellent. to the second one because that's pretty important later on for this whole second age discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so um, that's very 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 rough kind of wrap up of first age stuff because mm-hmm. it's kind of important to have a very base understanding before the second age. Mm-hmm. I feel um, like an expert. The last thing. Yeah, huh. Um, the last thing I will mention about the Maya in particular, mm-hmm. um, they are spirits, so they don't really die when they get destroyed. They're just diminished for a time, mm-hmm. and then their power comes back. Mm. So think think Gandalf when he got destroyed by the Balrog yep. while fighting the Balrog. Okay. Um, he didn't really die. He was just reduced back to a spirit, and then... Um, the Valar Manwe was just like, okay, nope, you're needed. Let's get you right back out there. He's like, I wanted um, one day of rest. <laughs> Please God. Yep. There, um, so like workers right now. So yep. they're so they're like in, for example, Greek mythology, monsters mm-hmm. never die. They are they they are reduced to they are reduced and they get put back to Tartarus and then they have they eventually call the way out of the underworld and come back to the real world. Yeah, that's how they work. That's how work Greek mythology works. So monsters. That's why monsters keep popping up in different, the same monsters and different stories. And they're oh, that guy killed him. That guy also killed them because they can never really die. I'd like to more put it in generic terms. I think it's like a shift at work where every time you think, hmm, it's probably time for me to tap out. You walk into the back office and your manager goes, oh, are you heading out? And you go, yeah, I think so. And they go, ah. Oh, could you extend for another couple of hours? Could you extend for another couple of millennia? Just kind of chill out for a while. We've got some more jobs for you to do. And you're like, all right, fuck. And you turn uh, we've got some hobbits for out. you to watch. We've got some hobbits for you got to watch. We've got some hobbits for you to chill out and help. Yeah. Um, anyway, but other important thing with the Mayar as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have a set physical form. Mm-hmm. They're just a spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gandalf chooses so to look take... like that. <laughs> yes. Gandalf chooses to look like that and then chooses to look like that again, but cooler. <laughs> yes. He's just like, you know um, what? You know what I need? A robe change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, another kind of important thing as well, because the Maya were there at the, uh, around mm-hmm. at the creation of the world, that's um, the main reason that technically Gandalf knows everything that's going to happen ever, because oh. he was there when the entire thing was written by the gods, so to speak. Wait, what? Um, wait, wait. 
Hold on. <laughs> the entire world was written at the start of the world, so they know how it's going to end. It was all laid out, but... They're like plans, um, like, re- like, like blueprints. But all of the Maya that go into physical form, so Gandalf, for example, when he is in the form of Gandalf, mm-hmm. um, he because they are effectively put into, not mortal, but sort of put into a mortal form, yeah. so to speak, yeah. um, they don't, they can't really have the same mental ability, capacity, memories, whatever, as their, like, spirity Maya form. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a reason that during the course of the books, and even The Hobbit, for example, there's a lot of times where Gandalf kind of has a hunch of what's going to happen, and it's kind of loosely implied at moments he has a bit of foresight and whatnot, but he doesn't really know because no, he's have. kind of remembering glimpses. Um, okay. But because he's in this like physical form, he doesn't have the full memory of that's going to happen, that's going to happen, that's going to happen. It's just Is that why I have the memory of this place is a thing? Um, <laughs> it's all right. Continue. Don't worry about yes it. Yes and no, I suppose. <laughs> it's literally just me. Um, like the entire knowledge that I have of this is off like two half washings <laughs> and a bunch of memes. So that's why I kind yeah. of pull shit out of my butt. Oh and then god. I'm like, oh, hello. So yeah. So that's yeah. what that's what I was thinking because that's why because if Gandalf knew why would why would he have to go off for like what seventeen years and research the ring? Yeah. If he already yeah. knew. And yeah. exactly. And so like he doesn't. Does that mean all the evil stuff was already written? So when they made the world, they're like, we need evil shit to make happen. Um, sort of. It's, I, once again, I'm gonna, I'm going to deliberately avoid talking too much about that stuff because it gets complicated enough, and enough. airy that's a bit left field for this. Okay, excellent. Um, sorry, we'll stop, we'll stop pissing Sorry, yeah, no, that's right. that's, that's right, that's right, that's right. Um, one day, one day. But yeah, for now, mm-hmm. like, there will be a few other things as well where if you did other reading into particular parts, particularly in the Silmarillion, mm-hmm. Unfinished Tales and stuff, yeah. you'd go, hang on a minute, you didn't mention that thing. It's because there's a few very deliberate things I've okay. left out just because they aren't necessarily important to the main discussion. We'll leave it in sure. mystery. Woo. <laughs> um, anyway, so with that, we will met, we will go into the Second Age. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh. Um, so in the Second Age, there is two main storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, there are the elves, mm-hmm. um, and there are the men, or the Numenorians in this case. Numenorians, Jesus Numenor. Christ. Yes, Numenor, you may have, Matt, you may have heard the name before, Guy, probably not. I have, I have heard the name mostly through mm-hmm. Lord of the Ring memes. Everyone's just like, bring back the Numenorians are the best. Someone, that that's literally yep. all I've heard. Yep. Okay, well you're going to learn a lot today then. Yay! Um, <laughs> so, um, the elves, um, they are, it's, the storyline's mainly around the elves who chose to stay behind in Middle-earth at the end of the First Age. Okay. Um, because you've got to bear in mind, which if you look to the maps that I showed you guys for the sake of making it a bit easier, on the bottom page, on page three. Yeah. You can see this huge chunk of land that's, like, underwater. Yeah. Oh, wild. Yep, that is all a continent known as Beleriand, and um, it's where the elves lived mostly, it's where Morgoth was, etc., mm-hmm. and that all got sunk during the War of Wrath, when the Valar destroyed Morgoth. Okay. Angry war, maybe. Is, is there a way, yeah. is there, like, for, for the listeners watching, can they look, what's an easy thing they can look up for this map? Is there something they can look up? Just Google 
Middle Earth map of Valerian. And it'll come up? Yep, and you'll see a big old basically all the images is just there. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um but can possibly depending what mediums this is uploaded, put links somewhere in a thing. Um I can hopefully put uh links um if there's no links, I'm sorry guys, just look it up. Listen, if... <laughs> we've got a big continent, half of it's underwater. That's that's pretty it's a pretty good map. Yeah. Uh, yeah, roughly. Yeah. I'm not being exact. A lot it's of it has been sunk. <laughs> a lot of it has been sunk. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so the so that um so the elves they are the one it's focused around the ones who stay behind in middle earth um in a few kingdoms there's imladris rivendell if you remember that yeah. one briefly yeah rivendell um, yeah. a place called Oregion. Mm-hmm. um and then later lothlorien and mirkwood okay yeah no no that um, one then there's a few big characters which we'll get into in the elven things but then the second storyline is the Numenorians. um in short Numenor is an island that was gifted to a race of men who helped fight with the Valar during the War of Wrath so okay. they were humans now they're Numenorians, then they're back to being humans no they Numenorians are men right they're, they're the like a, it's like a country it's just like, it's like a country of people yeah yeah Okay, it's like excellent. It's like having Australians, Americans, British, you know. Now, like Australians, are they more powerful? They're just pretty cool. Numenorians? Numenorians yes. are actually very they are very strong. Excellent. Remarkable. Um so because they chose to fight because during the War of Wrath there was three groups of men. There was a group of men who said yes, we'll fight with Morgoth. Mhm. There's the a group people. of men who said yeah. There's a group of men who said, no, screw you, Morgoth, we're going to do our own thing. Mm-hmm. And then there was a group of men who said, no, screw you, Morgoth, we're going to fight for the Valor and fight you. To be honest, mm-hmm. I relate hard with the middle group. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Why would you want to get involved that... in a fight of gods? <laughs> <laughs> well, that is the group who, like, Rohan, for example, their ancient ancestors, um, Dale, all those sorts of places all come yeah. from that group of See, men. See, the people who survived. Um, See, that's what you need. That, that, <laughs> yeah. that is the group you want to be with. <laughs> well, yes. Anyway, so we'll get we'll get more into the groups of men after. There's yeah. one other important thing to mention as well before I dive into the elves, which is my probably my preferred side, but the Numidorans is also very cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's two very important characters, just in the way that I'm approaching this discussion. Um, Elrond and his brother Elros. Mm-hmm. Heard of Elrond? Um, you... Heard of Elrond? Yep. N- yep, heard of Elrond. His brother Elros doesn't really get so much of a mention, which is a bit of a rip, but that's because he's not really around for as long as Elrond. Is he dead? What a shame. Yes, because here's the thing with them, which doesn't really get brought up in the movies and even The Hobbit and stuff when you watch that, mm-hmm. or read it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Elrond is technically half-elven. Oh. Oh. Wait, when really? was this... Yep. What? what are, what's his other half, though? Probably like orc Man. or something. Man. Oh, okay. It's one. Oh, he's a half elf. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, but the thing with the way that Tolkien half elves work, 
um, they kind of, and it's the same reason why Arwen, when she, you know, because it's like a whole big thing of she chooses to have a mortal life with Aragorn. Mm. Um, when you're a half-elf, you have the choice of either being more elf or more man. Mm. When is this choice presented to you? Yeah, what age? <sighs> it's not particularly a, it's more just like a spiritual choice throughout their life, so to speak. So it's, it's sort of an ongoing gray area. Sort of, yeah, it's a bit of a grey area. So the main it's kind of it's kind of like in real life. Like, what what is your purpose in life? You don't just at one point get to define it. You have to like build it. Yeah, as you go. that was some real deep yeah. shit, Matt. I'll be honest. Yeah, that that was no problem. Um, anyway, um, that's been coming to you from with... New Zealand. The deep shit. Oh god. Anyway, <laughs> um, so Elrond and Elros, they are both half elven. Um, after the War of Wrath, which is the end of the First Age, mm-hmm. um, they are both given the choice by the Valar mm-hmm. of either joining the Elves or becoming men. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, Elrond, of course, chose the path of the Eldar, because he's a character in all the later things. Mm-hmm. Um, and Elros, however, chose to be a man, chose oh. to go down that path. Mm-hmm. Um but they made him, effectively made him into a man, quotation marks, because once again, this is a bit of a simplification of more complicated things to make it easy for you guys. Um, <laughs> Shut up, guy. And um, <laughs> so he chooses the path of man, but he's still blessed with long life and strength, so to speak. Okay. Mm. So he's like a really so, cool man. Think of someone else who you know who is a man, but also blessed with long life. Oh, the, movies. Uh, the ranger, Aragorn. Yeah, I was. I, I just blanked on his name. <laughs> the only thing that came to me was <laughs> wow. My brain was just going like Gandalf, Gandalf, Gandalf. It's like no, we've just been over this brain. Get, get your head in the. <laughs> All I, I, I could. Anyway. I'm gonna think it off. Ranger, as they they call them sometimes. Yeah. Um, anyway, yep. So Aragorn is like a very, 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 very distant relative of Elros. Oh, there you go. You look at that. Which obviously. So he's dating Ar- back Elros... into his family. If he's dating. Yep. <laughs> Listen, everyone is after a certain. Oh point. God. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. How many centuries has it been? <laughs> but it's also it's it's like weirdly close because Arwen is Elrond's daughter, so she's very close to Elros. But then Aragorn's very far from Elros. About how many centuries? Like, is it like two hundred years or like four thousand? Oh, this is is like thousands of years. Yeah, so I think that's I think that's genetically fine. That's fine. Yeah, like that's not that bad. That's not that weird. It's weird for Elrond. It's weird for Elrond from the incest discussion. It's weird for Elrond, but that's it. Yep. And that's that's as much. And that's his choice. He chose to be an elf. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, um, so the. Fuck. What if there's a little anyway, bit of elf blooded me? Oh, if I just elf. start thinking more elf, I'll just live longer. <laughs> what if everyone has that potential in them? Um, everyone just gotta yes. think good. Think just good gotta thoughts. Think, Maybe that's think why like the, an elf the and we'll all be people elves. always live longer and have better lives. Yeah. They feel thinking good thoughts. Um, yeah, God. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, I will jump into the elves, second age. Okay. Yes. Yeah, excellent. Um, Love thing the elves. to thing to know with the elves, they did it very hard during the first age. Mm. Um, but by they... I mean did it. Hey, cease. N- none, none of that. Um, what? I'm just trying to get a definition here. What is did it? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to explain now. Okay. Um, there was multiple kin slayings where elves fought elves. There were 
all the initial fights against Morgoth, where the elves had to deal with the first of the dragons. Um, there was the fall of Gondolin, which was one of their largest and most secreted away fortresses slash homes. And then finally the War of Wrath, which resulted in the sinking of this huge chunk of land, which is obviously their home. Are you going to tell so us that happened, or is that so just going to get brushed over? So poor... Elves got messed over. Poor elves. Okay, yep. but but you did skip over one thing that I do want to just slightly mm. bring up. Mm. This dragon, I hear. I've heard things about this dragon. Is this the twelve mile wide dragon? Um, this is Goldron. Yes. Yes. Thick, this, 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 this is this is a dragon. Uh, like I just want to imagine a dragon that is twelve miles wingspan. Uh, no, no, no! Sorry, this this isn't that dragon. Oh, it's not um, that dragon. Yeah, no, no. That, oh, the, the, that... the first of the dragons doesn't have wings. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, this is. Yeah. I, I anyway. don't know the names of them, but I just I've heard of yeah. this dragon, and it gets me really excited whenever I hear one because that just sounds bloody awesome. I'm not asking yeah, this as but an the active elves... question as well. Mm-hmm. Just quickly, I, I'm not going to ask this as mm-hmm. an active question. You don't need to answer now. I would like to know: Are we ever going to find out how this continent sunk? Um, not specifically. It's more just a thing that happened. During the War of Wrath, um, um uh, hey, Jude, mm-hmm. they don't. You know that they don't do that, right? Hey, Continents hey, don't just do that. Hey, 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 guy, hey, guy, guy, guy. When guy. they have, you, do you know how it really happened? Do you want to know? I know. I I wanted Glo- to know global, where I would find out. Global warming happened. Uh, the seas, the seas rised, and the war just created so much uh, pollution in the um, atmosphere. All right, continue. And... No, continue, Jude. <laughs> anyway, Jude, take the floor. Anyway, anyway. Um, so the elves, um, they, they had a pretty hard life during the first age toward the end of it. Um, and if you look at the maps, particularly the one that you were looking at before, mm-hmm. um, if you scroll up to page two, mm-hmm. um, you see another couple, you see another map, which is just of Middle-earth itself. Mm-hmm. Yep. So this is for, for the and listeners, it's just a, just a map of Middle-earth. Just a standard just map, map of Middle-earth. Middle-earth. Yeah. Um, I've got a little red circle around the westernmost mountain range. Yep, mm-hmm. westernmost mountain range. That is the Blue North Mountains, West. also known as the Arid Luin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which one day there's dwarves that live there, then there's no dwarves, then there's dwarves again. It's a long story. <laughs> um, but <laughs> good job, dwarves. Before before everything well. sunk, this was one of the big dividing points mm-hmm. beyond the that mountain range. You didn't really get high elves. You got some elves that chose to live in more exile than the other elves, mm. um, and you also got men for the most part lived beyond the Blue Mountains. Uh, okay, beyond in which direction? Um, so uh, east, uh, more east. Okay, right. So, so, the so all the elves and the people who thought good of themselves were west, and everyone else was east. Yep. So I see. I see for the pat- most part, I yeah. see a pattern going in this world. East is bad, and west is good. Which yep. is good, Ungabunga. <laughs> no. Um, it, anyway, yeah, and then yeah. you see the blue circle, which, if anyone looking at the actual map, mm-hmm. is just the area of land just directly to the west of that mountain range. There's, just a, little, there's a little bit of peninsula and stuff. Um, that is the main elf kingdom in Middle-earth, called mm-hmm. Lindon. Ah, oh, okay. Um, which is a very important part during the Second Age, because it is... Out of the entire like chunk of land that sunk, that Lindon is the only part of the entire Elven Kingdom that didn't sink. Mm, and it, mm. instead of becoming like this back alley place, which was super unimportant, it became the only bit of land I had left. Oh. Um, <laughs> so it became super important. Um, 
Like and it's on the, I can see on the other map now. That's that like, makes a lot yeah, of sense. That, that, that's like if like if the entirety of Australia except Tasmania sunk, we'd see Tasmania as pretty important. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Nice. Um, but anyway, um, so they lost all their lands apart from that one, mm-hmm. and it became the first. That was the first act of the Second Age, where is marked like the first year of the Second Age when um, Lindon. Um, King called Gilgalad, who is a very, very cool elf character. Gilgalad. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he founded a place called the Grey Havens, which started the Second Age. Oh, okay. So, um, Grey so Havens is... is hmm? Like, is it just how the historians of Middle-earth just say this is the start of the Second Age? Or was there, like, is that, like, a huge thing to start a new age? Like, is it, like... Like, do they go, um, like, now you started the new age. We did it, boys. What's the indicator on these ages? Is there a time, or is it just... It is It is kind of a... Where do they define um, it? What's the word? Historians decide thing. Because hmm. I'm, just, I'm just wondering, because, like, it just seems like... Like, there are ages in real life, but, like, usually it's a part of, like, a his- there's actually, like, huge things in why they defined ages. Mm. Usually it's a um, big technological jump or something like that. Yeah. 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 Which it is and it isn't because the it's the start of the second age where the first age was just so huge because it was where the elves were in huge dominion. It's where the El- um, the Valar warped the main earth and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was the War of Wrath, which ended everything. And they're like, huh, this is a huge change. What do we do now? And they're like, it's the start of a new age. Uh, and okay, then they enough. just, yeah. The settling of the Grey Havens is just kind of this mm-hmm. pinpointing moment. Okay, um, cool. So, in th- thing to know here as well with the Grey Havens um, is the place where all of the elves set sail from. So, at the very end of Lord of the Rings, when you see Frodo, Gandalf, oh. and everyone, spoiler alert, um, sailing away, that is the Grey Havens. Yeah. If you, if you haven't um, watched uh, the Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit yet, um, what are you doing? Go, go go watch hey, them. Don't bully me. Yeah, uh, I'm talking to you guys. You you have, they have no right to be. Stop bullying you me. have no right to be complaining about spoilers. Go watch them. They're like how many years old now? The books, <laughs> the books are very Quite. old. The movies are old too as well. So just go watch them. Yep. They're good. And the extended editions could do it. Yeah, only the extended editions actually. Yep. Um, after anyway, after you finish hey, this hey, podcast. Hey, listen. You watched? Have you watched Surf Nazis? No. Surf Nazi is a very old movie as well. Why haven't you watched that? Okay. I think there's anyway, slightly a difference in I'm, importance. I'm gonna, Surf I'm gonna, Nazis I'm must, gonna, die, must Die, 1987 film. Two stars on Rotten Tomato. I'm going to continue now. Um, <laughs> so, Lindon, Grey Havens. Interesting thing here as well. Um, the end of the first age slash start of the second age. Um, a large number of elves departed Middle-earth because mm-hmm. um, they kind of had the option of sailing home to the Undying Lands. Um, and living out eternity with the Valar, I would too. Cool, yeah. That's because like a while good the elves, because while the elves have a very huge lifespan to say the least, mm-hmm. um, they especially once they've lived for a very, very, very long time, um, they start to fade. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a thing you hear briefly mentioned in the movies, like you hear um, about Arwen fading and stuff. But that's a little bit different because that's more to do with Sauron's presence. Won't get into that too much. Um, but the main thing, when the elves get very, very old, they start to fade until eventually they basically just become a wraith. Oh, that's that's yeah. not good. 
No, but what, wait, okay. So okay. fading, like, what's the process look like? Is it, like, aging? Or is it, like, turning transparent? Because currently that's what fading is in my head. Yeah, same. Um, it's aging and then fading's the very last kind of thing. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So when um, they become, a, when anyway. they become a, what is it, a, a, a phantom? Wraith. A wraith. Do they become bad at that point? Do they become evil? Um, or is, can they be a good wraith? Yeah. Once again, that's a little bit outside of this discussion for the Fair moment. Enough, sorry. That's just a thing to bear yeah. in mind. Keep, that's keep right. Um, yep. The elves, when they, that's what happens to them. So yep. that's the main reason that they choose to depart the Undying Lands. Because in the Undying Lands, they don't fade. Yeah, well, they know. do, but it's much, 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 much slower. Yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't for... want to go to this heavenly land where hey, you get to live with this? live with gods and just chill. Do you want to come to literal is... heaven? Yeah. <laughs> I do have the answer why they chose to stay, a lot of them. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually comes from Tolkien in, I'm pretty sure it's in the letter that he wrote at the start of Silmarillion. Um, that the a large, not the only reason, but a large majority of elves that chose to stay in Middle Earth, um, a contributing factor to them wanting to stay is because they wanted to be these like very mighty, powerful figures surrounded uh, by lesser beings. Whereas if you go back to Valar, you're at the bottom of the food chain. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, like it's like going. Got... It's like if you do want to stay in primary school in year six. And be the top of the food chain, or do you want to go to high yeah. school? And now you ha- you're the year seven, and now you're the bottom of everything. Mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah, get that. sort of. Yeah, yeah. You go from being the big fish to the smallest fish in the ginormous pond. So that means everyone who was left behind are kind of cunts or kind of assholes. Um, because yeah, <laughs> there are there are lots as well that chose to stay because that was the place for their people, and oh, they okay. had roles to do there. So like Gilgad, for example. It was his kind of his role because he's the high king of the Noldor elves. Yeah. Um. It was kind of his role to be there as long as his people were there. He was always going to be there as their leader. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, there's definitely a yeah. bit of um. And even then, like I say, it's a contributing factor. It's not the main reason the elves stayed, but okay, it's I don't okay. know, a thing that Tolkien wrote. So I think it's interesting. Okay. Um. So elves had Lindon, which is the high elven kingdom ruled by High King Gilglad. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a kingdom with naval strength, and it's a big strong point for the Noldoran elves. Which you'll hear me say Noldoran at times. That's basically substitutable for high elves. Um, oh. To simplify it for you guys, thank mm-hmm. you for simplifying us. We need that. Thank you. Yep. Right, yep. Because there's, cause there's a, a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of different. You've got like Sindarin elves, Quenya elves. You've got. Um, Sorry, Sindar elves, rather, Sindarin's language. Um, Sindar elves, you've got Noldoran elves, you've got all sorts. Simplifying it, I'm going to refer to high elves and wood elves just to make it a bit easier for you to. Thank you very much. I was getting, <laughs> I was yeah. already getting confused when you just Man, started. Oh, we're back in D&D yeah. terms. I yeah. feel like, oh, yeah. I was falling. I'm, I'm safe. You've caught I'm me. Curdled in the warm um, arms of D&D. Okay. So, you've got Lindon, which is a high elven kingdom, mm-hmm. um, ruled by Gilglad. Yeah. Then, around the 750th year of the Second Age, yeah. um, you have a new kingdom founded, which is called Eregion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is ruled by Galadriel and Celeborn, who Good you may news. remember from Fellowship of the Ring. Mm-hmm. Who's Kel- Kel- what? Celeborn. Who's, yeah. who's, who's Caliborn again? Um, he is Galadriel's husband, and the uh, in the Fellowship of the Ring, he's the Lord of Lothlorien. Oh, gotcha. so the kind of the blonde haired yeah. brooch. Oh, I have like, no idea. I'm joking, but that's okay. He's that's he, right. He's yeah, the it's kind gonna of, take he, way too long to explain wait, to me. Is he, he's, he's the guy in the Hobbits, right? 
it the guy in the Hulk movies? No, he's not, not in the Hulk. Okay. No. Mm, I think I have an image in my head, but I don't know if it's right. I know Galadriel, though. I know who that is. Yeah, yeah. It's it's her husband, who you see in the Fellowship of the Ring. Okay, yeah. Um, cool. Anyway, so Galadriel and Celeborn, they ruled Eregion originally, which if you have a look at that map again, it is the Green Circle. That's roughly where Eregion is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, so this I'm, was I'm a huge, huge Elven Kingdom. Um, very, very prosperous in its time. Anyone that's looking at a map, you've got you can see the Misty Mountains down the middle, and then you've got Lorien just to the east of the mountains, and then pretty much directly west on the other side of the mountains is where Eregion was. Um, pretty much center so, above Rohan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, kind of a bit um, northwest. But anyway. Um, so yeah. people of Eregion were also very famous for a interesting thing that they had very strong relationship with the dwarves, mm-hmm. um, nice. which is very rare for elves, especially Middle Earth elves. Yeah, um, and it's particularly the dwarves of Moria. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, I know those the mines, mines, the mines of Moria. Yeah, this is before it gets sacked and then repopulated and then sacked again. <laughs> Excellent, <laughs> poor Moria. Yeah, yeah it, they, they, they do it stuff. But anyway, um, so this is when Moria is still a relatively, not new, but like, nah, I'm not even going to say comparatively, it's it's super not new, but it's <laughs> just starting to prosper a lot, because as I mentioned before, the Blue Mountains, or the Eridluin, yep. um, there were a lot of dwarves that lived there, mm-hmm. but then a lot of them went from there to Moria, near the start of the Second Age. Yeah, for sure. So they haven't dug, because they Moria haven't dug too was, deep yet. No, they haven't. They have not um, too deep yet. And um, anyway, so you've got Moria and the elves of Eregion became very close friends of them. They had very open trading, which was prosperous for both of them because they have very good resources for each of them. Good. Um, but around the year 1350 of the Second Age, um, Galadriel and Celeborn left um, Eregion, um, which, once again, simplifying this process to um, an ancient wood elf kingdom, which would eventually become Lothlorien. Okay. Okay. Um, and Celeborn and Galadriel would not take over rule there, but eventually, like, more into Third Age, they become the rulers of Lothlorien, which is what you know them as in the movies. Yeah. Um, and then a the man that... Well, sorry, the elf that takes over <laughs> Eregion um, is Celebrimbor. Okay. Yeah, okay. Celeb- <laughs> I love that you keep pausing as if I'm going to say... Yeah, I know who that is. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a slight <laughs> he's, chance because he's, he's, he's the character guy he's... in um, Shadow of Mordor. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's where I know because I was literally just playing yeah. Shadow of Mordor. Um, I'll be yeah, honest, I, I do I, have that game as well. Just didn't pay attention, just assumed he was Ghost Boy. That's right. Ghost Boy is yeah, cool. Yeah, he is, he is a ghost. Yeah, he is a ghost elf in um, Shadow of Mordor. Yes, he is the ghost elf. Um, I'm yeah. only 20, anyway. 20% into the game, so I'm not very far up. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's right. Um, anyway, so Celebrimbor, um, he prospered for a time, um, but then a someone disguised, which is a Maya, but he doesn't, all he knows this individual as is Anatar, the giver of gifts. Oh, good. Um, comes like to the elves. Thing. Yeah, and um, comes to the elves, seems like a very charming um, individual that basically becomes quite friendly of all the elves and seduces them to his will. Don't, I don't trust him. Um, don't trust him at all. Yeah, you definitely shouldn't. Um, oh, no, I didn't then trust so him. Much so, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Well, he's quite a charming person. Um, it's like and Bumbo, the totally innocent, not child-killing clan. It's like, oh, he sounds nice. I don't oh, trust him. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so much so that ultimately the elves of Eregion, um made the Rings of Power, mm-hmm. um, guided by Anatar, mm. um, who, of course, was Sauron in disguise. Of course it was. Of course it was. Because... If you remember, um, Sauron being a Maya can take any physical form he oh, wants. He's not limited he to one physical form. God oh, damn the, the Maya. I How- feel like a... <sighs> damn the Maya. I feel like a guard in D&D who's like, oh, shit, of course disguise self exists. Like, <laughs> doy. It's yep. like, this is a word of um, magic. Damn, why would we trust damn. anyone? Why would you trust would- anyone? <laughs> Ever. Ever. ever, ever, ever. Anyone, your 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 hmm. wife could be a Maya in disguise at any time. Your wife is Sauron. Your yes. mother is Sauron. <laughs> your son is Sauron. Never Everybody trust, is Sauron. Never trust anyone again. <laughs> anyway, um, just quick go thing live on an island Sauron where you well. live forever, and it's that, very chill. Oh that's what that's what they should have um, done. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um. Anyway. The thing with him, Sauron, he was one of the main lieutenants Mm -hmm. of Morgoth, Mm -hmm. but he managed to survive the First Age and went into hiding. Mm. Um, Hiding. Um, So he's very much just Morgoth's bitch. Where do you hide from gods? Um, Far, 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 far east in shadows. Ah, east. Um, Just east. Yes, east. East. Anyway. That nasty direction. Then... So Sauron um, is effectively in Eregion, and he seduces the elves to make these rings of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because it's his... Well, yeah, ultimately it's his plan to take out the elves, because they're the ones he ultimately wants to destroy. Um, <clears throat> mm-hmm. And his way of doing this is to make these rings, and then during the process of making them, he corrupts them, mm-hmm. um, to the point that when someone wears them, they bring out... They do give them a lot of power, but they also make them easily corruptible to Sauron when he has the One Ring, which of course he makes in secret. Corrupts the Um, mind of the user. Yes, but a thing that's worth noting here, um, a lot of, well, a lot of elves kind of knew there was something off about Anatar. Mm. (laughs) They're like, nah, this Um, guy's not... hmm." Yeah, so such as Galadriel mainly and even Gilgalad um, had a big distrust of Anatar, um, mm. which is the main reason that it was in Eregion, where he made the rings, not anywhere else, because it was the only place where he could really get in. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. um, and um, because of that, when the three rings that were made of the elves, um, they were able to be secreted away, so Sauron was never able to corrupt them. Ah, mm. yeah. Isn't that fire, water, <clears throat> and air or something like that? Yeah, re- yeah. Yep. So they've all got they've got different powers. Um, oh, excellent. Which I'm really disappointed. Uh, do we ever get to see these rings used ever? Yes and no. Okay. Hey, do you... because the main mm? you can't give an answer like that. <laughs> um, I was, I'm, I'm about to explain. About to explain. Okay. The main thing that the um rings do, the like rings of power that the elves have, because they're the only ones that don't get corrupted by Sauron. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um is that um, they... You know how I mentioned before how the elves fade eventually? Yeah. The rings of power basically protect them against this for a huge extra period of time. That's so in the same good. way that when Bilbo has the ring, his life expectancy uh, goes hugely beyond what it's meant to be. Okay, all right, It's, all right. it's my 111th it does... birthday. <laughs> exactly. So that's why I figure... How long are puppets supposed to live? Um, like, towards... 
80, 90, 100 kind of area. Mm, shit. Good on you, Bilbo. Yeah, they're not... And he's yeah. still walking around. Um, anyway. Um, so, with the rings, they expend that. Because that's how Galadriel, who wields a ring, and Elrond, who has a ring, um, are able to be still youthful elf in the Third Age, despite the fact they've been alive for, like, thousands of years. That makes mm. sense. That makes sense. Yep. Hmm. Do we ever see um, the other elf? thing? Yes. Nice. Where? You see him, there's one particularly old elf um, known as Curden. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's one of Gilgalad's main lieutenants, mm-hmm. and he's the one that watches over the Grey Havens and the one that makes all the ships that sail to the Undying Lands. Mm. Um, you see him at the very end of the movies, and he's a very, very old boy. Excellent. Mm. Gotta love um, that boy. Yeah. Anyway, um, so there's the three rings for the elves, which get secreted away. They give one to Galadriel. Um, one to Gilgalad, mm-hmm. and one to Curden, who I just mentioned before. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so Celebrant didn't then... get one. No, even he though didn't he made them, because no, he did not. Because oh. while Eregion was its own realm ruled by Galadriel and Celebrimbor, mm-hmm. um, it was ultimately underneath Gilgalad. It was a mm. it was ruled by him as the High King because it's mm. a High Elven area. Mm-hmm. Shame. Yep. Um, and then also worth noting, Gladriel and Celeborn, when they go to Lothlorien, they are the High Elves there, but the rest of them are effectively Wood Elves. Ah, okay. okay. So they're, like, better than everyone um, else? Um, no, they're just closer to the Valar. Okay. Fair enough. Um, anyway, because, like, Legolas is also a Wood Elf, and he's pretty hacks, so... Yeah, that sh- that stuff when he, uh, what is it, he, he, he walks on air in the in the Hobbit movie... Mm, we, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, other thing that's real cool with the Elven Rings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they are kind of the reason that a lot of the Elven strongholds are so strong and untouchable for Sauron's forces. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, Lothlorien, for example, the reason it lasts so long and is protected, because in the War of the Ring it gets attacked by shitloads of orcs and stuff, yeah. but the reason it survives is because Gladriel's power of the ring protects it. Oh, okay. okay. Does, it, does it, like, hide it, or is it just, like, they can't go there? Um, it... Basically, you know how, like, when they're approaching, you'll know this more than Guy, Matt, when they're approaching, they say that it's, like, an enchanted forest and there's, like, yeah. an evil sorceress that lives in it? Yeah, that is, obviously, that's Gladriel. The reason it is an enchanted forest is because of the ring. Oh, okay, so it's not actually normally enchanted. No, it's become, oh. well, yes, to a very small extent, because elves and shenanigans, mm-hmm. but... The main reason it becomes such a powerfully enchanted area is because of the power of ri- the ring that Gladriel has. Okay. Question. Just a, just um, a brief question mm-hmm. about the magic mm-hmm. of Lord of the Rings. So, yeah. do you have to have been like given magic or be born with magic, or like can like any like human or elf just pick up magic? Um, that's a bit of a grey area. It's a very, very, very soft magic system. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So it's just like whatever they want at the time. Mm-hmm. Kinda. Yeah, it's yeah to an extent, but you do have to be a powerful being to some extent to have the access to a magic. Fair if that enough. makes sense. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, because it's very much magic isn't so much a thing that someone uses, and so much like just energy in an area. I guess like obviously Gandalf, because even Gandalf, like he doesn't actually 
do that much with magic. It's just occasionally he can do a thing with magic, you know, rather than yeah. like, oh, I'm a wizard, I cast spells. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, so continuing on with Eregion, um, as you know very well from the start of Lord of the Rings, um, Sauron the Deceiver created in secret his own ring of power, which is one that he poured lot of his power into as a Maya, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which is part of the reason that the ring is so powerful, because he's a Maya, angel, whatever, and he's poured his own power into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ultimate scheme of Sauron failed, because the elves got away before he could corrupt their rings, and the whole point was to destroy the elves. Um, it did inadvertently give Sauron a massive boost, because the creation of the One Ring basically made him incredibly more powerful, um, like in body and spirit, he became very, very much stronger than he would have been before. How? Um, how does it become more powerful when he used his power to... how does he become more powerful? He used his power to create an artifact that magnifies power. Oh, I see. Okay. It's like shaping so power yeah. into a different way to make it more powerful. Yeah, exactly. I assume that also um, has some bad effects. Yep, because yeah. if he were to ever be separated from the ring, he would be in trouble. Hint, hint. Oh, yep, I'm with you. Mm, yep. Yeah. Um, so it's because it's in the same way that the reason that Gandalf's so scared of the ring is because A, it corrupts, and also because it magnifies power. So if Gandalf yeah. had it, he would be insanely powerful, but he'd yeah. also get evil real quick. Yep, mm-hmm. that's why he doesn't pick it up. Um, whereas, yeah, whereas someone like the Hobbits... They just kind of go invisible because that's one of the powers that the ring can do, but they aren't really powerful enough to access the other stuff that it can do. Yeah. Um, and also because it magnifies their power, but in the grand scheme of things, hobbits, men, even some basic elves don't really have the power that's needed to be magnified, yeah. if that makes sense. It's like, it's like instead of um, timesing a big number, you're times by a small, very small number. It doesn't do the same yeah. effect. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but what is worth noting, the dwarf lords who were given rings... Um, their rings were corrupted Mm -hmm. and while at first the dwarf lords were very resilient to Sauron's will and it was like oh cool their rings are fine um (laughs) it did end up leading to their downfall because notably all of the dwarven lords that had a ring um begun to become obsessed with gold and treasure which Uh, of course would lead to their downfall mm -hmm. in a variety of places Mm -hmm. um so they were resilient but were eventually corrupted by, like, greed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, they were believed to be resilient, but it's also one of those things where, again, not written, just kind of speculated from various people that, oh, maybe they never were resilient, maybe this is what it was meant to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, whereas then, of course, the Nine Men, they were not so resilient, and the humans uh, proved to be most susceptible to the, um, of all the children of Luvatar, or Eru, um, yeah. the humans were the most susceptible to the power of the rings and first it made them into sorcerers before they slowly became the wraiths that we know from the movies mm, the ring wraiths um yep the ring wraiths nazgul. nazgul um but stepping back to eregion so Celebrimbor makes the rings they find out that sauron deceived them um they managed to secret away to the three elven rings before they can get too bad mm-hmm. um etc um, but then Sauron and his armies of orcs and trolls and other dark creatures um, laid waste to the lands um, of Eregion, mm-hmm. um, and Celebrimbor perished in the fighting. Um, so he's gone, he dies, you know him in Shadow of Mordor as Spirit Boy, because, yep. go figure, he died fighting Sauron there. Yep. Um, and then 
<clears throat> the lands of Region were fought for, um, so Gilgalad, while he was gathering his army, because he saw there was about to be a big war against Sauron, um, he sends Elrond at the head of a mighty host to help. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, they don't actually manage to do too much against Sauron's army because it's that massive. Yeah. Um, but what they do manage to do with Elrond um, is save a lot of survivors from Region. Um, and then they take those survivors to a place and establish a settlement. And that settlement is Imladris, or Rivendell. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So Rivendell is so like, how... a, like a refuge. Yep, last homely house. Ah, interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, because it originally was before it became the place where Elrond, as kind of the last relatively noble elf in the majority of Middle Earth, well, one of the last, um, before it became the place of him living there, um, he settled it as a refuge for the survivors of Region. Mm. Um, and then, of course, Rivendell became under siege from the Orcs, while the Orcs also, because if you look at the good old map, um, in Region's little circle there, that also more or less encompasses the area that Rivendell is. Where's this on the map, sorry? The green one? Uh, the green circle, yeah. Just kind of oh, central. Oh, yeah, 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 the green circle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, towards the top of that, close to where Rivendell is, approximately. Oh, okay. okay. Um, so that's where Elrond was basically trapped because he was under siege. Meanwhile, the rest of Sauron's army went across to the west to start attacking Lindon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and as they went, they were just burning all the forests and everything they could because they were trying to make all the elves come out of hiding and not have anywhere left to go. Mm-hmm. Not, not um, great guys, not great guys. No, okay, not at all. Mm. Um, so they go across to start attacking Lindon. Um, and... Just let me catch up there. Yes. Worth noting as well in Eregion, because you remember how I said the dwarves of Moria were very good friends with the elves there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the dwarves actually fought in huge numbers alongside the elves in defense of Eregion, um, but they ultimately got pushed back into Moria and the gates were forced shut, and they pretty much remained shut for the rest of this war because they just couldn't get out. Mm-hmm. Um, Too dangerous. So, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. They were just kind of trapped in there because... Um, Sauron, as much as him and his army is pretty freaking cool, they can't break into a mountain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> especially when, especially yeah. when like Sauron himself is busy trying to deal with the very powerful elves. So he just basically all his orcs and trolls they can't really break into the mountain. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but they were trapped inside there and couldn't really do too much more in the war. Um, but anyway, so um, Elrond's in Rivendell, um, and then back in Lindon, um, where Elrond was trying to get back to, there was a defence being led by Gilgalad um, as Sauron's armies were getting closer and closer. Mm. Um, Who's and Gilgalad Mighty is the elves. Mm? Gilgalad, he's the king of the elves. Ah, yeah. yeah. Um, the main, like, high king of the high elves. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Mighty is the elves were, they were losing because Sauron's numbers were just too big. Mm-hmm. Um that was until a mighty armada arrived in the Grey Havens um, from a faraway island filled with some of the most powerful fighters in mm. Middle Earth history. Numenor! Men, Numenor. Yay, yes. the men! Um, <clears throat> yes, Not yes. just the men, um, but the women and children too. The boys are here. Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we'll get more into Numenor in a sec, um, 
but Numenor, very, very powerful, huge army, and they had such a large and powerful enough army, they were able to deploy two full-size armies in Lindon to reinforce the elves, um, and then they deployed another equally huge army behind Sauron back in the east, and right. then they basically caught his army between oh, wow. two forces. Big pincer. Yeah. Damn. Yep. Um, and yeah, Sauron was pretty scared of Num- uh, Numenor at this point <laughs> and swore for revenge against them because he's like, oh shit, these guys are actually really tough. Huh. Um, especially as, for the most part, the men he had been dealing with were the more or less pathetic men that lived in, like, the east and some parts of other parts of Middle-earth, mm-hmm. which he was pretty easily able to corrupt. And Ooh. then he had Numenor, which, no, they're very tough. No, no, no. <laughs> yes. Um, so that's to wrap up with the Numenorians coming over and helping out and then becoming very good friends with the elves. Oh, they were already pretty good friends because they fought with the elves in the first age, but That's... after this point especially, they became very good friends yeah. um, for it's been obvious like, reasons. What, 2,000 years? Yeah, it's been a long yeah, time at friends. this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but elves, to... that's not nothing so to... for a minute. That's, a, that's like <laughs> quite a few lifetimes. Well, yeah, Numenorians, it's like 20 lifetimes or so, because they live for quite a long time. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Really? Um, yeah, which we'll, we'll, we'll get into in a few seconds when we start Numenor. But right. to wrap up, because this is the kind of the end of the first main story point of the Second Age, the War of the Elves and Sauron, which mm-hmm. is where the rings get made, etc. Um, so to wrap up, that's kind of the main stuff that happens with the Elves in the Second Age. Of course, there's loads of stuff and small stories in there, mm. but as a broad overview, this is them, um, yep. right up until the end of the Second Age, which is the last alliance of Elves and Men, which Matt would know a little bit about, but Guy, not so much. Yes, no. Mm. A little. Um, yep. Um, so anyway, that is Guy, for your sake. It's the scene at the very start of Lord of the Rings when they talk about resisting Sauron and stuff. Okay. He has seen that uh, scene. Anyway, that's good. So, he has seen yeah, that scene. Yeah, exactly. Um, that particular scene, yes. So, Numenor. Um, probably the biggest slash main thing of the Second Age, um, because it's very... Um, what's the word? It's something that only happens in the Second Age, whereas all the other things, they also exist in other ages. Numenor is just Second Age. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and there is a lot of history here, including, like... 25 very fleshed out very interesting different kings Mm -hmm. um which i'm not going to get into all of them because it's way too detailed to do that Um, (laughs) so for the sake of this i'll focus on (laughs) i'll focus on two main kings um and the as well as a third one who is the first king or you already mentioned uh we're introduced to him elros elron's brother yeah he's the he's the the king of the numenor yep he's the first king of numenor because he becomes a man Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, But he's half elf, but he chose the man side rather than the elf side. Man half elf. Yeah. Yep. Um, So, to be once again, to super simplify things, you're going to get a bit of a. um, Oh, yeah, actually, I already mentioned that's right. Um, How there was the three groups of men some that fought Morgoth, Mm. some that fought for Morgoth, and then ones that just didn't fight. Yeah. The Um, correct group. So. These guys are the good boys Um, who fought and won. (laughs) Yeah. So, because of that, um, so Elros became the first king of Numenor, um, and as mentioned before, he was blessed with long life compared to regular humans. Mm-hmm. Um, Fair enough. And as were the rest of the Numenorians, because they fought for the Valar, they were rewarded with strength, longer lives, and the island of Numenor, which was um, a very pretty, wondrous place, um, and the Valar did their part, each of them, in shaping it. Um, 
So they literally raised it from the ocean and then built it for them, basically. Oh, wonderful. That's a pretty good bonus yeah. at the end of a quest. It's, it's a pretty, pretty good reward for You're a quest. Like, like uh, hey, you fought this huge war for hey, us. Hey, 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 this is um, like a level 20 quest, though. You, you, get, yeah. you, you, oh, you yeah. fought this war for us, so you get an entire island built by the gods for this, you. This is some and, end of campaign shit, superpowers. You also get superpowers. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, but once you've got a, your own island and superpowers, it's you kind of become the side character in a new band of adventurers. <laughs> yeah, see, yes, of course. They're a bit OP at this point, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry that I um, keep anyway. going back to D&D, but it's literally my only way to frame most of this shit, just because it's so familiar <laughs> yeah. to me compared well, to this world. Well, I guess it, it is probably like one of the most similar because I guess D and D was based off stuff like this. D and D super yeah, duper was yeah, based was. off this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, this kind anyway, of so yes, so you had the Numenor, uh, the Men of Numenor, and the island was raised from the waves, um, which is also why, if you look at the map, uh, the first one, you can see the island of Numenor. Mm-hmm. So, so pretty um, question. It's kind of loosely shaped like a star because the gods raised it. Yeah, because <laughs> nice. it's just cool like that. So yeah, brief, brief question: They mm. raised this island. Why didn't they re-raise the uh, the elves' land from the ocean? Um, well, one of the main reasons um, they wanted part of that to be destroyed because they wanted the undying lands to be separated completely oh. from the other lands. Um, and before it all got submerged, there was a land bridge going between the two. Oh. Um, which you can see on the second map that's there, uh, which is just a world, um, a map of the yeah, you can world see, of Arda. Yeah, you can see that bridge. Yeah, yeah. Um, they wanted that gone, and also, um, p- basically, because as far as I'm aware, it would just be too much for them to do, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so these are um, lazy gods. They like doing little No, they're projects. just limited. They're limited <laughs> power. Um, anyway. Fair so, enough, no, fair enough. Um, even from the west, some of the elves that live over there came over and like beautified the island a bit, just brought some of their stuff over. Excellent. Um, which, once again, I'm simplifying a few things there, but that's okay. Um, so, um, the only condition of their reward, um, the humans that lived on Numenor, they were to worship the Valar. It's pretty fair. Um, mm-hmm. And they were to never, ever sail west or set foot on the Undying Lands. Mm-hmm. Don't go west. That was the, Don't go west. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty simple. They can go as far east as they want and explore all of Middle-earth, do whatever they want. They've got huge lives. They're really strong, just, really prosperous people. Just never come west. over. Never come to my house. Yep. Don't disturb me. <laughs> yep. Don't touch. Well, yes. Giving you this island, never come back. Do not disturb on the yep. door handle. It was, because um, it was, yeah, it was a thing where only the elves go to the Undying Lands. Yeah. It was never a place meant for hobbits, for men, anything like mm-hmm. that. Um, so little, so, little yeah, bit they of, said, w- bit of, is it is it racist or is it just like no, you don't deserve to come here. It's it's very purist, maybe not quite racist, <laughs> mm, but purist. It's, yeah. You're, you're purist, not good yeah. enough. You, you're like, I like mean, you it's fought not, with us. It's not racist, but you're not in a really negative good enough. way. It's because in this universe, it's not like races in like same people, different color. Yeah. It's like it's literally, literally a different species. That is yeah. true. It's that is like true. a human being offended that they can't stay in a dog hotel. Like it's not that is human, fair. Man. That's it's not fair. meant for you. It's like yeah, yeah. It's like it's like, yeah. It's like you're not supposed to come here. This is not for you. <laughs> yeah. Please get out of the kennel, my man. <laughs> um. Anyway, so thing with um, Elros as well. Um. Because mm-hmm. as I mentioned, he got um him and everyone in his bloodline got a particularly long life mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Even just compared to the average Numenorean, because Numenoreans could live for like quite a long time, like well over a hundred years and stuff. Oh, excellent. Um. 
But Elros, he actually lived until he was about 500. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good um, and even then, when he became 500, he chose to he like chose to die um, <laughs> yeah, because he thought it was. Yeah, yeah I've he been decided it was. <laughs> he decided it was time for his son to take over as king of Numenor. So he was like, "I'm going to choose to die now." Mm-hmm. Fair good. enough. Um, so it does raise the question of how long could he have actually lived for? But you know, whatever. Yeah, fair. He's just um, like, no, I'm peace yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, then there's the other king we will talk about is the eleventh king from memory. I, I just go off the top of my head there. Um, but anyway, um, sure, his right. name is probably maybe um, his name is Tar Minister. Tar Minister. Tar Minister. Yep. He's a minister. Um, and he is Anyway, um he is a mighty king of Numenor and he is the one that answered a Gilgalad's call for aid and sent the huge army to Middle Earth to help fight Sauron. Um Nice boy. Nice boy. Yeah, yeah. And um he was yeah, after that, um because just before this whole time period, Numenor had begun settling in other places briefly. So, like, along Middle-earth, they'd made a couple settlements. We got bored um, of this island that the gods made for us. So <laughs> we're going to start spreading out and franchising. Uh, to be fair, they've been there <laughs> for 2,000 years. Like, come on, they're going to spread out a little it's bit. It's an spread island made by the gods, shaped like a star. Why? Yeah, yeah it gets boring, um, you know. I mean, Britain. Well, it's more they just wanted yeah. to build their power. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's Britain. And, they're they're, they're um, building so, their empire. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, one of these places is um, Pelagi, mm-hmm. which is um, a place in Gondor. Even in the Third Age, it's still around. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and it's one of the places where Aragorn goes to when he's sailing on the Corsair ships heading towards the Pelennor Fields. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's a whole other thing. Um, but yeah, that is a relatively important place in the Third Age, and it was settled by the Numenorians ages ago. Um, okay. So, as well as that, and it's because they had this settlement on the coast of Gondor, is how they were able to get that third army to the east, if you remember from when they attacked Sauron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so... Um, so then Gondor after... was then? Yes, Gondor, Gondor was created by Numenor. Okay, cool. We're getting we're getting to that. Um, that's after some other big shit. <laughs> Fun. Um, so, thing with um, Tom Minister as well. Um, he after you know helping the elves, um, he lived out the rest of his days wanting to make more Numenor settlements around. Um, mm. He made other places on the mainland, including a place called Umber. Mm-hmm. Umber, um, which is where corsairs come from later on in time. Okay. Are they just more humans? Um, yes, more humans. Excellent. Okay. But they are the corsairs in particular are servants of Sauron, and they are evil men in the future. So are those are those the one with the ships yep. in in the Lord of the Rings? Yeah. So there's one. Okay. So they're so Numenors became evil. Yes. Oh, interesting. Interesting. These good We're good get- boys became evil and helped Sauron. Yeah. We're getting to that. So um. Anyway, um, so after that, he settled, made loads more settlements, including Umber, um, until he abdicated in 1869 of the Second Age, mm-hmm. um, and then he peace, and then he peacefully died four years later. Okay. Um, so he was, yeah, happy king, went and helped out Middle Earth, saved them. Well, sent an army to help out Middle Earth, saved them, kept relations strong with the elves, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Then we get to the next king I'm going to talk about, which is the final king of Numenor. 
Oh no! Mm. What happened? Um, he must have fucked it up. And his bad. and his name is Tarkalion, um, also known as Arpharazon. Mm. Why? Uh, because as the Numenorians got further in, because he this guy is the twenty fifth king. Mm-hmm. Um, as they progressed, they started to get further away from the elves. Um, and as they did that, some of them even decided they didn't want to speak the elven languages at all. No. Um, yep. So yep. that's why he had two names. He had a name that was his really proper name, and then he had his other name where he was like, nah, I don't want to have an elven name, screw you. Um, so that's why he goes down known as Arpharazon. Um, he turned away from the gods. So anyways, but I prefer the name Tarkalion because that's what Tolkien refers to him as in some of his original letters and stuff, Fair so that's enough. the one I'm going with. We'll call him um, but he's also known as um, the Golden. Golden boy. Um, yes. Um, in a lot of ways, he was one of the mightier kings of Numenor, um, and he made the two biggest armies at, on two separate occasions. Um, so, first thing that happened when he was after he descended to the throne, because cool thing about Numenor, well, thing I find cool, um, they instead of having a crown, they had a scepter that they passed on from king to king. Huh. So instead of like taking the crown, it was taking the scepter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And the other thing with Numenor as well, which is a little bit different in other kingdoms of, um, like, Arda and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, they had queens, so it would just... So, like, the... Um, what's the word? The monarchy would pass down to the oldest child, whether it was a, oh. you know, daughter or son. Oh, um, so, so they're for equality? Yeah. They better be. But none of the, yeah. none of the queens are really that... Uh, are important enough to be mentioned today. No, they... Definitely are, and I'm a little annoyed I can't mention some of them, but these ones are just the two most pivotal in the grand see, scheme I of see. Numenor in the Second Age. Um, anyway, um, so, Tarkalion, um, after he took the scepter, um, he heard Sauron, who had by this point regained strength in Middle-earth in no. the east. Damn it. Because um, by this point he has Mordor pretty well established. Is, is this the second time? Is this the second time? The second time, yeah. So, so, okay, let me just get, let's get straight. So, the first time he was like, I'm going to win, and then the Numenors came, and they crushed them, basically, and yeah. Sauron got away again. Yeah, went well, because the thing you got to bear in mind, because he's a Maya, they can't actually uh, kill him. yeah. So he went back into um, So even if, even if they completely destroy his body, which from memory he actually managed to escape to Mordor anyway, yeah. but mm-hmm. even if they had managed to destroy his body, his spirit would have just been momentarily dispersed yeah. and then recovered itself because mm-hmm. this, um, this is like hmm? at this point he has the one ring as well right yeah he had the one ring during the first war as well yeah. and yeah. also at this yeah. point are we still uh, flat earthing yes uh, uh, and one more thing um, mm-hmm. so how many years between the first war and now the second coming um, ooh, I have to double check my notes for that one because I actually I'll because I have um uh, after this I'm gonna get to a more proper timeline. So oh, okay, I'll get sorry. To that yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, it's all good. It's all good. Um, because I'm literally just from the appendices at the back of Return of the King has just got an amazing timeline of the Second Age. I was like, I may as well use it. Um, anyway, so um he heard Sauron who had regained strength in Mordor. And remember how Sauron had sworn that he was gonna get revenge against Numenor? Of yes. course he, of course he does. Um, so. Sauron proclaimed that he was the king of kings and lord of all men. I think that's true. That's fair. And then um, Tarkalion, who was a pretty proud king and had done some pretty good things, like he was called the Golden, um, he heard <laughs> Sauron saying that and was like, 
you know what happened last time you stood up we knocked you the fuck down um so he made a huge like the like the largest army that had ever been seen in like the second age um sailed across and they were gonna go completely destroy sauron but sauron's servants they simply would not fight the numenoreans they basically just (laughs) surrendered what? Hey, hey, boss, boss, could gone. We not, boss, could we not fight the invincible yeah, superhumans? Let's not do that. <laughs> so Sauron, who's Wait. like, you know, he built a huge army. Um, he was preparing, he wanted to lure Numenor over and then crush Numenor on Middle-earth rather than sailing over to their island. Yeah. They came over, he saw how big their army was, <laughs> went, oh shit, and <laughs> yeah, his no. own army just surrendered. Um, so okay, can so I can I Sauron. Mm-hmm. something in my mind? I just I just had an imagery when you said a uh, super super superman. I just I just imagining them as all they're all Captain America. Every one of the Numenor yeah, is just Captain America. That, to be honest, they're all Captain America. There is. Over. I could do this. <laughs> I could do this all day. <laughs> the Numenor, yeah, they are pretty strong. Like honestly, it's not bad. It's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, before so, we get started, um, does anyone want to get out? <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. So anyway. So they went over. Sauron basically had to surrender because entire ar- his entire army just said, "Nope, smart we're man. not fighting them." Yes, yeah, smart man. Um, and he paid homage to Tarkalion because he came forward because obviously he can change his physical appearance. He came forward as appearing as a relatively charming man. Oh, of course. Oh, um, and the Numenorians were actually surprised at what Sauron looked like because they hadn't really seen him before. Then they see this dude come out and they're like. Oh, we weren't expecting this. And then he was all fuck. humble. He can shape um, Like, bent the knee to Tarkalion, said, You are clearly the more proper king, and, like, completely, you know, sucked up to him. Um, so <laughs> Tarkalion brought Sauron as a prisoner back to Doomnor. Oh, Because he, no. he liked him. Why, why, why would you. Why would you no, do this? he brought so him. flattered by Sauron just being so nice. Ugh, he brought him back as a prisoner to keep, like, in the prison cells and stuff. But. Over a very long time, you've got to bear in mind that Sauron spent years seducing and influencing elves who are vastly stronger will to men oh, in yeah. the grand scale of things. So, mighty as the Numenorians were, Sauron swiftly rose from prisoner to servant to chief counsellor to the king. Oh, oh my sake. god. And they didn't look back at the fact that they were like, oh, wait, he's a prisoner. How long did that take? How long did that take, approximately? Two years Oh, or like 20? a long time. Like, <laughs> more thing. like 20. I can't... I don't have that exactly written down. Using yeah. the term... Uh, seducing. Do you mean sort of uh, subtly bribing in a way? Um, no, actually. Like just being he just being a them... nice guy and offering them advice and shit like that. I guess. Yeah, mainly just advice because being a mayor, he did actually know a lot of things. Yeah, he's been, he's been and around. He did have the beginning of town. They were like, he was like, "Hey, you should do this thing," and they're like, "No, fuck you." And then he they went off, and what he said was right, and so eventually they were like, "Oh, wait." He, he gained. They gained. He gained his trust with small victories, and eventually he's going to break them down. Um, so once again, this is a huge time period. Oh yeah. Um, like a really the next part, especially that I'm going to simplify, is a very very long time period. But mm-hmm. Sauron, in his new position, ultimately succeeded in corrupting the belief of the king and the vast majority of Numenor that the Valar were actually the evil ones. No. Um, and that the real god, the proper good god, was Morgoth, and no. he'd been sealed away by the Valar. So wait, okay. Um, so which king are we at this point? This is still Tarkalion. So still, still Tarkalion. So it's still yeah, under like because yeah, he lives. He yeah. lives for a while. He's he lives for like 
oh, I can't remember the top of that. I think it's around like beyond three hundred years because okay. he's of the line of Elros, so he has a very okay. long life. So, so, um, so, it took them. He took him about like a hundred years, but like the the king is the one who like arrested someone. He should remember how bad he was. And he's still you got to re- bear in mind as well, though. Um, it was also Sauron tapping into the fact that the Numenorians as a whole were starting to dislike the elves anyway, okay. just because uh, of the way they were going. Because, so like, remember how I mentioned there yeah. was a point when the Numenorians decided they wanted to stop using elven languages. Yeah. Um, the Numenorian kings started not taking elven names, but taking um, common language names instead. Um, so the ball was already rolling, but uh, Sauron yeah. just gave it a big. And then push. Sauron came along and was like. I can use this situation Listen, to my advantage. So we get down kick, on Sauron kick, for kick doing. Ball. We get down on Sauron for just kind of seeing an army and just noping out. But smart man, smart guy. Well, mm. smart. Oh yeah. Hang on, let me check my notes. Smart. You can't... Uh, Valor. Valor. No, Valor? no, he wasn't a Valor. He was a Maya. Mi- Maya. Yeah. yeah, smart Maya, was... which is M A I A R. I've just got it as M I A R, and that works for me. That's yeah, that's right. So anyway, um. He corrupted them into believing that Morgoth was the one that needed to be worshipped. Um, and on the island of Numenor, um, Sauron oversaw the construction of a massive temple dedicated to Morgoth. Oh no, and the island um, oh, Which no. was... I can see bad. To the, <laughs> to the Valar, they were like, hold the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> not, not good. Um, and the other thing that he also convinced... Um, eventually, because this is, you know, he spends a long time making them believe in Morgoth and the men of Numenor, who were once so righteous and amazing and tough, um, they just started to become these horrible, greedy, vile people. Um, Corruption. Like, living in one of, the, in like, the main cities of Numenor would just be horrific. Like, people just so selfish, killing each other over stupid things, oh, etc. God, oh, no. um, humans. Yeah, pretty much. Um, especially as they are also so strong, so if they decide they want to screw someone over because that person screwed them over, it gets pretty messy pretty quick. Um, anyway, so um, he continued advising, like whispering the ear of Tarkalion, um, until the twilight of his life, in mm-hmm. which at which point Tarkalion started to be afraid of the fact that he was going to die soon. Um, yeah. because he was like, oh crap, I'm doing all these things, I've got this awesome advisor and everything, so he started to become afraid of the fact that he was going to die. Um, which is Sauron is bad. took advantage of, and was <laughs> like, hey, you know how the elves live forever? Well, mm-hmm. it actually turns out the Valar, they're holding the secret to immortality of on their lands. Of course they are. Um, and so over a long time span, um, Tarkalion began to get the idea all I have to do is sail a massive army over to Valinor and beat the elves and then I get immortality well it, if they did kind of trick him with the name it is called the immortal lands the undying lands undying lands see that's pretty much yeah. the same thing well technically it's more referred to there's the main continent of Aman and then there's a place called Tor Elisar which is an island off the coast but I'm just referring it to the whole thing as fair the enough. undying lands okay, for the sake of ease yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah it was a name that it was known by as well. But, yep, yeah, so Sauron convinced him progressively over a long time mm-hmm. that he needed to sail to the place he was never allowed to sail to um, and basically attack the elves and the Valar and then he would be able to um, get immortality. You fool. Yes. And you got to bear in mind, especially when they built up a huge army, Numenor was actually quite strong and terrifying, yeah. even for the elves. Oh, yeah. Um, so, not good for them. Anyway, but yeah, around but this not, time... It's, like, it's not just the elves, there's 14 hmm? gods on that 
place mm. as well. Yep. But um, they also... This is a point when the um, men of Numenor began to split. Oh. So you had the king's men, who was the vast majority of the island, and they followed... Um, the king, they were worshippers of Morgoth. You had one small faction of Numenorians, um, known as the Faithful, or mm-hmm. the Elendili, mm. um, and they were followers of a lord named Amandil. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, Amandil was the father of Elendil. Mm. So one of the Bella? Which knew... Who's this guy? Is this an elf? He's, no, he's a Numenorian. Oh, he's just one of the Numenorians. Okay. Yeah. Numenorian. So Amandil, he's one of the Numenorians, but he was stuck true to their way of worshipping the Valar. Ah, I see. Okay. Yeah. And he's the grandfather of Isildur. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's that connection. Isildur. Isildur. Cast into the fire. Um, I don't know what also, we're referencing. <laughs> also known as Aragorn's great ancestor. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So this is where Aragorn's line comes into mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um. So... Um, you've got Amundil, um, who basically gets all of... He's got all of his uh, followers, known as the Faithful, mm-hmm. um, and they maintain good relations with the elves. They try to keep as friendly with them as they can. They're like, the rest of our people are horrible. We know. We're sorry. We're trying to still be good. Um, <laughs> it, th- that's like Australians after... when talking about the um, the Queens- Queenslanders. <laughs> okay. okay, we've already kind of put a lot of our comments down to just being Australian based, and now we're fucking subdividing that even. <laughs> well, I've already been to Tasmania, so I might as well keep going. <laughs> Share the love. Um, anyway, no, we, we love you, Queensland so, um, and Tasmania. Love you uh, both. So, anyway, um, Sauron's corruption complete. Tarkalion mm-hmm. began to build the largest armada in Numenor's history. Um, and began planning his attack on the Undying Lands, determined to fight the Valar and take his immortality. Mm-hmm. What a fool. Yep. Um, but when Amandil, who's the leader of the Faithful, he heard about this plan because he's one of the lords of Numenor, um, he got all of his family um, and the, his followers and his followers' family, so loads and loads of people, um, he got them to hide in great ships off the coast of Numenor mm. to distance themselves from the island as much as they could. Um, and then he himself, despite the fact that there was a ban on them travelling to Valinor, or the Undying Lands, um, he himself tried to sail there because oh. he wanted to He wanted to warn the Valar because he was like, this is going to go so badly, they're going to kill stupid amounts of elves, then the, the Valar are going to have to get involved. Surely get um, a phone, like, surely there's a phone line. Mm-hmm. He has no way call. of contacting them. Um, so yeah. he decides that he's going to try and sail there to warn them himself. No. Um... We never know if he succeeds or not. He is never heard from again. Oh, well, that could only have gone well, then. Hmm. He probably um, just died so, at sea. Like, he's probably just a really shit mm. sailor. So, no, the Numenorians were very good sailors. But anyway, um, so Tarkalion disregards all the warnings of elves and gods and sets sail for the Undying Lands with a huge armada, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which it has such a special armada that it has its own name in like Tolkien's mythology called the Armament. Oh no! Really bad <laughs> ships. Um, and when he, because he sailed there, he landed on the shores of the Undying Lands. Mm-hmm. Um, so vast was their army, that, and like powerful and everything, mm-hmm. that the Valar stood down their guardian ship of Arda <laughs> and called up, and called upon error. Oh Ooh. no! 
That's all. Oh, it's his second said, intervention. Oh, big god, big god. His man. Second intervention. Yes. Yes. Um, and then Eru was incredibly disappointed. Um, oh my god, he's just like, what the fuck, and guys? And he influenced the world. He buried all of Tarkalion's army that had landed under sand and stone. What? Um, That's okay. He sunk their entire fleet. Excellent. What a shame. And he brought the island of Numenor back underneath the waves. He atlantis it, basically. Yep. He, so um, this, which this, killed... This major city was the best city of the world. Yeah, that's a really Atlantis story. It's fucking good. It's pretty good. Which killed they grew too big all for their boots. Their, which killed all of their remaining kind, including Sauron, who was on the island when it sunk. Killed Sauron. Killed Sauron. He did. He but Sauron's, Sauron can't really die, so... Because he's a Maya, yes. yes. But it did, just, it did, I will get into this a little bit later on, it does destroy Sauron's body, which vastly diminishes his power, which Excellent. is why when we see him at the time of... Lord of the Rings, uh, well, not so much time Lord of the Rings, because that's a bit different once again, but you know how he has that one big main metal dude form? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the form that he's kind of stuck in, because he gets destroyed by Eru. Question, uh, though, Okay. if he's wearing his ring, and it gets sunk, what happened to the ring? He managed to keep the ring with his spirit, I guess, because okay. it was a, basically a part of him. I guess, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, anyway... But there was a small exception of Numenorians who didn't die yeah. in the island sinking, Woo. and that was um, Elendil, the son of Amandil, the one that sailed to, New- uh, to Valinor to try and save the well, try and yep. warn them. The people who um, who were faithful, the faithful ones, the good mm-hmm. ones, faithful. Um, and somehow, through the terrible storm that no one else managed to escape, him and all of the people that were with him managed to escape. That's got to be some godly um, shit there. So it is considered a high possibility that Amandil did in fact reach Valinor, and it's because of his warning that his people were able to survive. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, kind of one of those theorised things, but never really confirmed. Um, yeah. But okay. it's, yeah, heavily, heavily hinted at points, but yeah. Anyway, um, so during this huge event, the sinking of Numenor, um, Eru was pretty pissed, so he changed the entire world. <laughs> Just what? hit shuffle. Wait, 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 wait. Yep. Why did it <laughs> This is when I'm just imagining the world, a press you know I... and the world just moves around. <laughs> you know how I said the world was flat? Oh, oh no. excellent. You know um, when you get really mad at a piece of paper and you crumple it up into a ball? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, the west part of the world, which is where the Undying Lands were, yeah. he separates that from the main world um, and then makes the rest of the world into a round thing. So it's not technically part of the world anymore. No. What? So it's like it's like he like raises into like heaven, like a different dimension, yep. basically, and Excellent. then makes there the rest of the world a round. Single. Yep. So you can't there actually get to Numenor single... by sailing west anymore. That you can. There is a single hidden straight pathway in the sea that oh. only the elves can find. So that's why the elves and the elves alone can sail there now. Yeah, okay, that makes and sense. And even then, they have to set out from the Grey Havens where Curden makes their boats because it has, it's a very precise course they have to go. Think uh-huh. of it like there's an entire round world, but a small corridor that leads off to like a side world. <laughs> so it's like a sec- yeah. it's like a secret door, but you have to like follow yeah, the exact exactly. track to get in. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. You gotta got know the um, code. Exactly. Um, so the survivors of Numenor, um, those of them that escaped, they managed to land on the shores of Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. 
um, Elendil, he landed in Lindon, where he was greeted very friendly by the elves. They were like, good to see that you survived that madness. Um, because him and Gilglad, for example, because obviously Gilglad's still around as king at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, and Elendil and Gilglad became quite friendly. Mm. Um, but his two sons, Isildur and Anarion, um, they landed more to the east in what is now Gondor. They missed. Ah, so you um, had one, oh, one, some... one went hmm? to Gondor and one went to the Elven lands. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, two, both the sons went to Gondor oh, okay. and the dad went to Lindon. Mm-hmm. It was, it wasn't deliberate. They were trying to stick together, but because of the storm and ah. the sinking of Numenor, they were kind of blown off on random courses. Random. Yeah. Random with air yeah. quotes because God's yeah. behind this thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, after some time of regrouping, the faithful, along with the existing faithful that lived in Plagir already, because remember I mentioned that settlement they had? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, so, all those guys, um, which was a Numenorean settlement, um, they began to create two kingdoms of Arnor. Um, sorry, the two kingdoms of Arnor and Gondor, which were two new kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Arnor is basically between the to just looking at any old map of middle earth you've got the big misty mountains in the middle and then you've got the mm-hmm. blue mountains in the west that yep. huge area of land in between basically becomes arnor mm-hmm. um so it's so like the shire for example where the shire is in modern day used to be a part of the place uh, the realm of um, arnor oh okay. it's, like a, it's a huge realm yeah okay spook um once again, simplifying a little bit for the sake of ease, but yes. Yeah, no, no, um, no I see. I see it on the map now. It's actually labelled yeah, Arnor, yeah, the yeah, Lost Realm yeah. of Arnor. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. um, so, um, yes. So you've got um, Gondor and Arnor at this point, and yeah. Elendil. He was the High King of Arnor and Gondor, um, but he remained in Arnor. Um, while Isildur and his brother Anarion stayed in Gondor because yeah. they knew Gondor was close to Mordor, so they mm-hmm, were like, "We mm-hmm, need to keep mm-hmm. a close eye on yeah. this." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, keep your eye, keep your eye. And then yeah. Isildur's house Smart. took up residence in a place called Minas Ithil. Minas Ithil. Um, that sounds familiar. Yep, you will see why it's familiar soon. Um, and Anarion took up um, a new residence um, and na- uh, made a huge city no- uh, known as Minas Anor. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Which would eventually become Minas Tirith. Oh, okay. Oh, Minas Tirith. Um, so Minas Tirith is where Anarion originally um, ruled from. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, and this so is a lot also of these where the kind of still exist, but are just real yep. twisted. Yep. Okay. Slightly. Minas Tirith and Minas. Um, sorry, Minas Anor and Minas Tirith are fairly close from memory, but Minas Ithil does change quite a lot for reasons mm-hmm. you'll see soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're getting towards the end of the second age in this broad overview. Um, yeah. But this one thing that becomes pretty important here is the Palantir, um, which are the seeing stones that you see Saruman use, etc. Yeah. Ah, oh, the big orb. Mm-hmm. Full of a yeah, took. big orb. Yep. Um, so the Palantir, they were seeing stones which were made back in the like time before the first age by oh, the elves. Wow. wow. Um, and they were given as a gift to the men of Numenor. Oh. And then they were just kind of a thing in Numenor. They're like, oh yeah, these are cool. We'll just kind of keep them. Um, <laughs> like a phone. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but when the when Numenor sank, um, Elendil managed to save seven of the stones from sinking to the bottom of the ocean. Mm. Um, 
and with them he held one in Arnor, and then he gave one to each of his sons, um, so that they could all communicate. Yeah, that would be useful. And then the other, yes, and then the other ones were just kind of spread throughout Arnor and other places, etc. That's not too important right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so they each had the pl- uh, Palantir to communicate with each other. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and the point of Minas Anor and Minas Ithil, they were on opposing sides of the main river that runs through Middle-earth, the okay. Anduin, um, yeah. which you can yeah, see yeah. kind of close to Mordor, that massive river. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 that one, yeah, vertical. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just like, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, because that's where Minas Tirith is, and then the other side of the river, very close to Mordor, um, is where Minas Ithil was. Okay. Okay. Um, so, once again, this is going to cut out a huge chunk of history that deserves its own standalone episode, to be honest. <laughs> but I think for the sake of... Um, what's the word? Um, for the sake of making it a bit easier for you guys, I'm going to quickly go through this brief timeline that Tolkien has of the Second Age. Mm-hmm. And Ooh. when I say brief, it actually is brief, not Tolkien brief. Oh, um, no. <laughs> How close are we to the end of the, end of the, the, time, the, end of the Second Age? Quite. Very close. Okay, cool. Um, so... It's literally a page and a third, this timeline. So it'll take like three Let's seconds to it. go through. That's right um, so year one was the foundations of the Great Havens and yep. Lindon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we knew that. Yep. Um, year 32 was the men reaching Numenor. Okay. Um, so, so, okay. Yep. so they made Numenor and then took 32 years to get over there. Well, It to took make some it. time to get there and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. Okay. Um, yep. And then and stuff, in... You know? 442 was the death of Elros, remember Elrond's brother? Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. The, the, um, the man the, elf? 442, yeah, yeah. so yeah. He, yeah, he lasted about 500 years, nearly 500 yeah, years. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, he died exactly at 500, because he lived oh. for a few years before the uh, first, uh, sorry, before the second age. That's okay. really satisfying, actually, exactly 500 yeah. years. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. perfect. Um, then, um, what's the word? Um, Sauron begins to stir in Middle-earth in the year 500. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the first ships of Numenor begin to appear in Middle Earth at 600. Mm-hmm. Mm. They're spreading out. Their so that's when they first, yeah. Yep. That's They're when they start to become empire. friendly with the elves. Everything. Um, 750 is when Eregion gets founded by the elves. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the year 1000, um, Sauron is starting to get a bit scared by the Numenorians, so he chooses to settle Mordor and he begins building Barad-dûr, which yeah, is. Be eventually Barad-dûr is the castle that will have his um the eye of Sauron on the top of it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah the big powerful um, place yeah then there's the first queen of Numenor after that um but after that um in the year 1200 Sauron seduces the elves um mm-hmm. and they start getting they start making the rings uh, yeah. um in the year 1500 the rings are actually made by the elven forges it took 300 um, years Ooh. hey it took it was... that was sorry that's in terms of like him actually um, that's the word. Introducing them. them still to make the rings. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sort of and, and also, the... you, you fucking tries making a ring that turns people into nasty motherfuckers. Can <laughs> can we just can we just uh, appreciate Sauron? Sauron plays the long game. Like I know he's a he, more, he plays he a really really, really he plays long that game. long game well. Yeah. When you consider that his long game also goes into the third age, he plays the long game. Yeah, he, he does. Long like like you appreciate that long thinking. Um, anyway, good business so, um, manager. Strategic. The 
So then in the year 1590, the three rings for the elves are finished. Um, Good banker. And then in 1600, Sauron forges the one ring, mm-hmm. um, and he completes his fortress. And okay. that it's at that point, once he makes his evil fortress, that Celebrimbor goes... Oh yeah, you're super not good. Um, yeah, now? he's like, oh yeah, you got that evil fortress with clouds oh, yeah. over it and thunderstorms. I remember. And... Well, that good uh. advice doesn't really cancel out the fact that we did bring you here as our prisoner. Mm. Yeah. No, no, this is no, that's, no, right. yeah, that's, that's the next one. That's the next one. Yeah, it you still got a few thousand. <laughs> you still got a few thousand years, man. Yeah, oh yeah. fuck. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so then, in um, anyway. So then in 1693, the War of the Elves and Sauron begins. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's what the first thing, the first war we talked about. Yeah. Um, and then 1695, Sauron invades Eredior, which is Eregion, um, and Gilgalad sends Elrond. Mm-hmm. Um, 1697, um, is destroyed, Celebrimbor dies, Gates of Moria are shut, and Eldr- um, Elrond creates Imladris, yeah. or Rivendell. Yeah. Um, then was 1700 so only a few years after so pretty quickly is when um the Numenorean army led by well sent by a tar minister arrives mm-hmm. oh yeah so um, totally and Sauron's like a, defeated like 40 the first years time mm-hmm. yeah took him a few years to put a huge army together but yeah, yeah you know. um then in 1701 Sauron's driven out of Eregion and the Westlands have peace for a long while oh thank god um, love it they deserve yes. peace finally they've earned it um they have yes yes <laughs> then um, in 1800, this is when the Luminorians begin to establish dominions on the coast all around. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So and they've got those colonies. S- yep. And Sauron begins to extend his powers far to the east, which is where lots of men come from that no. would serve him later on. Um, yes, and this is when the shadow Lordy. starts to fall on Luminor in terms of them distancing themselves from the elves a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um then we get to those things we'll skip over that then um Alpharazon the golden seizes the scepter in th- um 3255 so this is a long time after the other war yeah okay um and yeah that is this a long is... time holy shit yep and then it takes all the way until 32 so 3262 is when Sauron's taken a prisoner um to Numenor ah okay so that's um, the second and then war it's between that didn't the really years mm-hmm. yeah the second war that didn't really happen and yeah. then between the years for it. 3262 and 3310 is Sauron seducing the king of Numenor. So it's a long time. It yeah, took about a, a few hundred years. It takes a little bit yeah. of time to forget all those war crimes. Yeah, that'll yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> take a little then... while to buff out. <laughs> yes. To be um, upgraded from prisoner to, 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 to head advisor. Prisoner yes, to prisoner serve to king his... advisor. Yep. Um, then in 1310, um, Tarkalion, the, the final Numenor king, mm-hmm. um, he begins building his great army then, the Great mm-hmm. Armament. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tarkalion um, sails to Valinor, the Undying Lands, in 1319. Okay. So yeah. it took and him nine years. A, it took him a long time. Like, it's a huge army. 13, 9... Um, no, but nine years n- isn't that long in this timeline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not. It's it nine isn't, years. It isn't. Um, it and then it well. was a year after that when the realms in exile, so Arnor and Gondor, um, they get made a year mm-hmm. after in 3320. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then that brings us to the very final thing, down to my last couple lines of notes here. Um, Excellent. Which is the... Weirdly enough, the main thing, whenever you mention Second Age, the first thing that comes to people's minds that know about Second Age is the Last Alliance, 
um, which is the huge, massive conflict where the elves and men fight together um, mm. to defeat Sauron finally, because he's oh, using excellent. the One Ring to take over everything. In the um, third war, and this there, is... actually something happened. Yeah, yeah. And this is the war that you see the end of at the start of Lord of the Rings movies for. Yep. So you've your seen segment. this guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, guy, you have seen this. This is the this, fi- this is like the first scene. The one where his fingers get chopped off. Yes. Yeah, excellent. Um. So, the first major event of the war, Sauron attacks Minas Ithil, which is the place where Isildur lives, um, and he pretty much completely destroys it. Uh, Isildur just manages to escape with his life. Mm -hmm. Um, But, important thing, Sauron takes the Palantir, the Seeing Stone. Oh, interesting. Which is how how he has the Seeing Stone in the Third Age, if you remember when, like, for example, Pippin tries to use... Well, he touches the Seeing Stone, and then it goes all Sauron. Um, yeah, and also the reason that Saruman got corrupted in the first place is because he had a seeing him. stone. He yeah. used it, and then Saruman used the seeing stone to corrupt Saruman. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um. So yeah, yeah. This is that's how he gets the seeing stone because he takes Minasithil and he takes it so quickly that a sealed is not able to escape with it in time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And then Minasithil, after falling to Mordor and being corrupted over a very long time, becomes mm. Minas Morgul, which is what you will know, Matt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the white yeah. city, right? Um, The kind of glowing green one that they go past when <laughs> oh, Frodo and Sam one. are trying to... Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, so much yeah, hope yeah. in your voice, Matt. Yeah, yeah I, got, I got that wrong. But yeah, yeah it's yeah. the one where the Nazgul's come out of, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the Witch King comes yeah. from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's given to the Witch King as, like, his area before the start of the, um, yeah. the War of the Ring. Okay, cool. Um, so, yes, that originally was a Numenorean city, but it got taken over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so then follows the Great War against Sauron, in which elves, men, dwarves, and all sorts of other things are forced to fight against Wait, Sauron the, and his dark forces. Yeah. The dwarves um, came out? I've, I've just noticed that dwarves oh, yeah. have been chilling and doing their own stuff. I love... I'd, like, there could be a whole side episode of, what are the dwarves doing while everything's shit's going down? <laughs> they, they actually they get heavily the involved, but... Um, but one of the things yeah. that happens in this war in particular, which the elves hold against the dwarves a bit... Um, there's actually dwarves on both sides of the war. What? Oh, no. Yeah, some some dwarves fought for Sauron. They were corrupted by the rings. No, they weren't. Well, I thought that we said that earlier. They didn't get corrupted because they only got gold hungry. I thought they were. Corrupted they, yeah, a little. it wasn't so much. They were. It was more just their um, falling to greed and stuff. Yeah, they were just um, shitheads. Yeah. Um, and yes, yeah, some of the dwarves did fight for Sauron in this war, but also some fought for the side of good. Um, oh, okay. And ultimately, it turned into Gilgalad leading the forces of good against Sauron being the main person of the evil. Um, but of course, you had Elendil, who was the High King of Gondor and Arnor, and then you had his two sons, who were pretty important as well. Yeah. Um, and then, huge things once again, once again here that could be like a three-hour episode on its own because <laughs> there's so many different battles You're in so this entire war. You're so tempted to just make it's just like, oh hey, it's Jude Week again. What are we doing? Lord of the Rings. Middle Fuck! Earth. I would never have guessed. <laughs> <Thanks. laughs> um, hey, Jude, are we done with the are we done with the War of the Last Alliance yet? No, never. <laughs> we've, we've got, we've got, yes, we had first episode, <laughs> second episode. You, you can't. Oh God. Yes, we've had twenty um, sixth episode, but what about twenty seventh? <laughs> we've had one war, yes. What about second War of the Rings? We've had four kings, yes. What about five? What about the 20th? What about the okay, 20th? Okay. I, I what am, about I am the dwarves? What are they up to? Um, believe me. 
<laughs> um, so the main, because you can simplify the last alliance into two main battles. Yeah. Um, go, go, the, go, dude. Ma- the first one is the Battle of Dagolad. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, which is where years later would become the Dead Marshes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. The so the reason Frodo, the Dead Marshes. Yep, where there's all the dead corpses of, like, oh, ancient yeah. elves and humans. Yeah, and they fall in the yep. river and there's, like, skeletons mm-hmm. and shit. Yeah, surprise me. Yeah, there's, dead. like, dead bodies of elves and stuff. Um, yeah. That's because the elves and men fought Sauron there. Oh, ah, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then it, yeah, turns into a marsh, etc. Um, <laughs> that's kind of brushed that... over. Hang on, why does it turn into a marsh? <laughs> Just magic, okay? It's magic, okay, guys? It's magic, Move on. Sarah, make it wet. <laughs> um, Anyway, so this um, kind of a, well, iron, oh, morbidly funny thing I always, like, was, like, one of the first things when I ever started researching this, like, years ago, like, all this expanded universe I always found a little amusing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the King of Mirkwood, um, Orifer, who was Thranduil, you remember Thranduil in the Hobbit movies? I think so. Nope. The main, like, uh, Legolas's dad, you know, the main elf. Oh, yeah, yeah. The that's Hobbit. the guy I was thinking of before when you were talking about elves. Right, this guy. Okay. So Legolas's dad, yeah, yeah, the guy who looks yeah, like an the elf. One that rides, one that rides a big stag. Yeah, the guy who actually looks like it. <laughs> does this guy remember? Uh, there's, there's a look, look up, look it up. There's okay. a good meme. Guy doesn't him, remember his co workers. Anyway, he sure as shit ain't gonna remember the fucking name of a random elf in a movie that he watched three years ago. Yeah, yeah but he's a pretty major character. Anyway, okay. Three years um, ago! <laughs> he's like, anyways, one, all one important from my mind. Okay, fair enough. Anyway. Anyway, not important. I'll just I'll talk to Matt. Over. Um, <laughs> I'll just so, mute myself. Strandables. <laughs> thanks for coming, guys. So, yeah, thanks. I'll just dip out. It's just. So, so Matt. Yeah. Um. Thranduil's dad, Orifer. Yep. Um, he was the king of Mirkwood at this point, um, yep. but he didn't like Gilgalad very much. Who would? Yeah, fair. But yes, because Wood Elf, High Elf, you get the idea. Yeah. Um, and there is also Amdir, um, the king of Lorien at the time. Yeah. Um, and the two of them, because they were both Wood Elves, they were like, hang on a minute, we don't really like this guy. We'll follow him because we need to beat Sauron, but whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Greater good, you know? So, Greater good. Yeah, exactly. But at the Battle of Dagolad, um, they decided they weren't going to listen to Gilgalad's commands, so oh. them and all of their forces charged prematurely. Oh, um, no. That's never going to go which well. Resulted, yes, which resulted in the death of both kings. Oh, excellent. Both kings And too. pretty much all of their army. Two um, kings, one army. So that's, yeah. Um, so that's <laughs> when um, Thranduil became king of Mirkwood, because his dad died doing that stupid thing. Of course. Um... And because Amdir died and his son didn't want to take the throne of Lorien, that's when Galadriel and her partner became the lords, uh, um, Lord and Lady of Lothlorien. There you go. Yeah, I feel like being um, like the, the an elven like prince would be tough because your dad's like a mortal, so waiting for him to die would take mm. a long time. Yeah. Anyone spoken yep. to uh, the current prince? Legolas? No. The actual prince in real in England. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, fair girl, enough. Prince the Charles. queen fucking refuses to die. <laughs> yeah, but the queen's immortal. We know this precisely. She is an immortal being. I'm drawing in parallel yep. between these two. <laughs> yep, yep. Okay, uh, refusing fair. to acknowledge it. You're, you, yeah. So anyway, okay, fair. Um, so ultimately, Gilgalad's forces managed to win the battle of Dagolad, mm-hmm. uh-huh. but it's very costly. 
Um, and this is, yeah, where the dead marshes are now, um, yeah. from all the dead men and elves. Yeah. Um, and then the final thing of the war is Gilglad and his surviving army attacking the actual land of Mordor itself. Yes, um, this is what we see in the movie. They, yep, they lay siege to Barad-dûr first. Mm-hmm. And during the siege, um, Isildur's brother Anarion, he dies. Oh, that's sad. Um, I did, I'm definitely 100% don't quote me on this because... I read it once, and now I cannot find the actual reference for it at all, so mm. as far as I'm concerned, it is definitely not legit Tolkien. Um, but I do, I think I remember seeing that Anarion dies when they're sieging Barad-dor. Um, he tries to lead an attack on the gate, because they can't breach the gate, so we like, I mean, lead an attack, we're going to take the gate, and in the attack, um, an orc drops a stone from like, like a, sorry, not stone, like a huge rock <laughs> from high up, and it, it, and it um, yeah. Um, it, dro- it drops a like rock from high up mm-hmm. and it crushes an Arian's head. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll do, it'll it's do pretty, that. Yeah. Pretty, pretty brutal. But um, so, yeah, so I, like like but... I say, I can't find that. So don't definitely don't quote me on it. <laughs> hey, we're only we're only going to record this and play it back for you. Um, all the times you're ever wrong. This is only going to be on the record forever. Yeah. So don't worry. Uh, about heads already. The um, hey, hey, until June, the end. Yeah. the editor. This is definitely not in. Oh no! Damn it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. This is um, all going to be anyway. blocked out. <laughs> So, um, final thing, um, after they siege Barad-dûr, um, Sauron is forced to come out and fight them himself, um, and when he comes down to fight them, that is, of course, when, um, in the battle, he kills King Gilgalad and he kills King Elendil, Mm -hmm. um, and just when it looks like they are going to lose to Sauron, um, Isildur manages to chop off his hand, well, chop off the finger with the ring. With his broken sword. Mm Mm-hmm, with the broken sword of his father. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um... Narsil and um, picks up the ring, and with that, Sauron is defeated. Cast it into the fire. Into the fire. Cast and it. With that, into the at fire. approximately year, because that's after the other stuff. Um, oop. Ah, sorry, I dropped my book and lost the page very annoyingly. <laughs> no! Um, here it is. So that is year 3441. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's a very long time after everything else. Yeah. So yeah. So like like in the movie. So they come. So that they're, they're like they're like winning the siege. They're winning the fight. And then Sauron yeah. hits the battlefield. And they're like, oh shit, we lost this. He's gonna he's yeah. destroying everyone because he's fucking. Yeah. He's like half god. He's a demigod. He's just wiping the floor with everyone with his mm-hmm. ring of power. Mm-hmm. And then Isidro gets like a sneaky shot on him because he because he doesn't because I guess because he looks down on the humans like he's not even like a threat. Mm. And he gets like a yeah, sneaky exactly. shot with his dad's sword. And then gets defeated. Mm-hmm. So Sauron mm-hmm. was defeated with his own ignorance or like arrogance. Yeah, pretty much. His yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he was um, a human slain by a mouse. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, you don't see that mouse is dangerous. And, um, so it pulls a knife on you. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the fucking knife. The mouse. This pulls is the keys to the kingdom. Goddamn it! Off, I'd taken a bit more serious. <laughs> no, it take like it's like a soul. So he pull, he cut your heart out. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> um, and um, in- also a cool thing, well, you know, I find cool. Um, you know how there's the three elven rings I mentioned? Yeah. Yes, they're squirreled away. Um, yep, Galadriel had one, Gilgalad had one, and Cierdan had one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, before going to battle against Sauron, because Gilgalad had been using the ring to boost his own power and keep his kingdom alive and everything. And mm-hmm. That does make sense. And keep himself alive for that a long time. Um, he went... 
hmm, we're going to fight the dude who can basically control these rings and beat me if I'm wearing <laughs> it close by. I'm not going to bring this into war. That's um, a smart idea. So smart idea. he gives it to Curden. So there's a point in time where Curden has two rings of power. <laughs> oh, God, does he do anything cool? So does he do anything cool or does he just feel cool? Um, he gives them both away. Oh, that's that's actually, but, you know what? You, I think that's the coolest thing he could have done. That's yeah, true. Charity do you think is he, very cool. Do you think he had like 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 a day where he just went fucking wild with power? Like just went no 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 no, and then it was like well, no. It's this also, is too much it is it is worth I noting. Would. I think from memory, let me let me double check this. I'm pretty sure Curden is one of, if not one of, if not the oldest elf outside of the Undying Lands. So perhaps the fact that he had two rings of power is why he's able to be so old. Ooh, maybe. Mm. Maybe he's just, he's, he's just a really old guy who has two rings on. He's just reading a book in a rocking chair. Like, <laughs> if he's so old, kids. It, the fact that he's got two rings, but he gives them away, like, is... But he still gets old after that. So, like, yeah. is, do you just well, need like... to, like, get one hit of that ring juice and you're good? <laughs> no, it's to do with the amount of time they have it. So, like, Bilbo, for example, um, he has the ring. He lives till... Um, he lives for like an extra probably thirty years or so with um with the ring, mm-hmm. um and then he's still alive like, after like he'd be oh I can't try off top of my head but after like thirty like, something. Let's see, it's fifteen years at the start of the book, so he's up to like two thirty. Uh, sorry, one thirty. He'd be close to like well over one fifty by the end of the books, probably even older. Um, he, he, but, and, and like then, Go- Gollum lived for centuries. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. With the ring of power. So. Um, yeah. And thing as well, so I just I just double-checked, Curden was nearly 11,000 years old. Jesus. Ex- excuse <laughs> me, 11,000? <laughs> At that point, yeah, I would give up the rings and go, yeah, I think I've had enough time on this earth, man. Yeah, yeah, listen, yeah. time to go. He's, yeah, because he, he's, he's like, he was alive during the early first stage, so yeah. he has seen everything if, happen if anyone has if you trust anyone with the rings of power that guy is the trust where he's like he's been around for long um, enough and then he gives them two because also you all notice that gandalf hasn't been in this story at all yeah yeah where the fuck has he been um, Where's he been chilling he doesn't come to middle earth until oh, the third yeah. age then the wizards come yeah mm-hmm. wizards they come, come during the third age because sound okay. okay. fucked um, everything up will, will we will we talk about the third age eventually Eventually, I might talk about the Third Age. The Third Age is even bigger than the Second Age, but anyway. But people people um, know more about Third Age, so... Yeah, they do. So it's probably more of a split off into individual episodes with yeah. these. Um, but yeah. Okay. Last Alliance is... Yeah. That's that. That's that? Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's can that. I, can I have one last question before we like wrap this up? So, uh, like... Yeah. Oh, well, unless you want to do anything more, of course. But No, no, you go. But, you go. Um, I'm terrified. But, um... So, you know how the big god god... Um, God goes inter- um mm-hmm. he he gets involved and does stuff and like bad things happen and the gods even worry and stuff like that you know and mm-hmm. they haven't taken human form so they still ha- they still know the plan right like they they still have the no 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 the Valar the Valar do have physical form oh I see okay but Super God in his original plan he must have written because he's written the whole universe out he must have known he's gonna have to come in and do stuff mm-hmm. I guess well. Yes, or the and plan no, change? because it's it isn't necessarily an exact plan. Ah, so it's like it's like a it's like a like a rough dot point of what should happen. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. Like, so, but like when something's gone wrong, he things has, he can has to step still. In, yeah, you can go like, yeah, guys, I had a fucking plan. Come on, and he's, mm-hmm. 
And he has to like correct it a little um, bit. I get, okay, I see that. Yeah, that exactly. makes that makes sense. Yeah. He's like he's like the referee. Everyone knows the rules of the game, but sometimes people break them, so he has to step in and fix it. Yeah. One other one other yeah. little bit. Who's the coolest Valor? Because <laughs> I know that we've got our nasty boy Margot, but yeah, do who's, who's know about the cool ones? Just just tell us what one Valor because I know we're running out of time. But one Valor, why he's the coolest? What is the one cool fact about him that makes him the coolest? I mean, personally, I think personally. Manway is the personally. coolest. Manway, okay. tell me more why? about my boy. Why? Why? Um, you because get, you get one thing. No, don't give him one thing. Just do it short. <laughs> just a short thing, yeah. Um, he is technically the brother of Morgoth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's the king of Arda. Mm-hmm. So he's the king of the entire world. Oh, excellent. That, that does sound pretty cool, um, to be the king of the entire world. Yeah. I'm imagining, he's, like... He's, him and Morgoth were the two strongest of the Valor. So they were like the first maid. Like it's kind of like, a Chris- no, like Michael like the Archangel and um, Lucifer, like, right? Listen, listen. I'm hmm. imagining yeah. like Christmas Carol, like Jim Carrey version, Chris- goes to Christmas <laughs> present. That's my boy. I like I yeah, like how sure. you and me describe two different things when we, th- when we hear about that. I like I go to the illusion of like what it's like based off, and so like, you just think of the Christmas Carol and that. Hey, boy. listen, I'm here a cool guy who's king of the world. I'm seeing a big cool Santa Claus. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Okay. Yeah, um, and cool. also he's like the Lord of the Eagles and stuff, everything like that. So that's kind of cool. That's Hell yeah! Cool. Love yeah. the Eagles. Good Maya. Um, yeah, absolute. The, uh, good Valor. The Eagles. The the eagles are like his direct people, so to speak. Mm-hmm. They're they're his sons, um, yeah. his people. It's like the <laughs> AFL team. It's just like, oh, yes, we choose sure. like, the Let's tigers, I guess. I choose the demons. Hey, what the fuck? You can't do that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's illegal. <laughs> that's illegal. It's yep. too cool. Yep. <laughs> um, I guess I have like a taller human. I want birds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, cool. Yes, that, Is that was it? um that was. A weird living by the law look at the second age of Middle Earth. Excellent. I, per- I personally love that. That was, that was very, very good. Gene. I know there's so much information buzzing around my head right now, and uh, I'm gonna have to digest that. Now. Listen, I'm gonna be doing some. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna be finding out about these eagles because I just kind of assumed they were big eagles, <laughs> but now I see that they're more than just a pretty bird. It's about looking beyond yeah. the surface. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, um, thank you for listening um, to Living by the Law and. Goodbye. Good night. Good evening. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to Living by the Law. If you enjoyed our podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends. Also, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Living by the Law to keep updated on all the latest about our podcast. We have been, and always will be, Living by the Law. Thank you for your company, and good night.